Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. Harry Wakes right to the last. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. I'm Richard Cracknell and behind Tottenham's back four, which has now been settled, we are the most unsettled thing about Spurs with regards to the hosting of the show. One week Ricky, one week me, one week Ricky, one week we, one week Dyer, one week uh, Tanganga, another week. You get the idea. We're the most unsettled thing. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, I'm getting, I'm all over the place. Anyway, listen, I think I'm giddy off of a win today. That's what it is. I'm actually giddy off of a performance and a win. Can you believe it? Tottenham 2, Wolves nil, and a performance as well. And looking like they won in it. And like that, just clinging on to those green shoots of recovery. Um I'm going to go with Ricky Stoll here and I'm going to do our normal thing of we're all across the social medios. Uh, medios? What's a medio? Uh, I think there's something like a social media, uh, <laughs> which is your Twitters, your Facebooks, your Instagrams and all of those. At last word on Spurs. And uh, joining me this evening, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening, please welcome back. He's back, back, back. Now the other bloke's gone off to Rome. He's back all the time now. It's your one and only Mr. Jason McGovern. Evening, Jason. Evening, boys. And uh, having said I don't care about the results Sunday, it was uh, nice to get a win. And and actually, I probably enjoyed the game 7 out of 10. But uh, I'll give you a warning. I said to Chris Cowling on Friday nights on his video channel, we'd win 2-0. 
we'd finish eighth and Gareth Southgate would be our new manager. So the first one's come home and uh, hedge, hedge your bets on the others, mate. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I'm getting a bit I'm getting a bit concerned how much Gareth Southgate comes yeah, and watches so us, Jason. Are you? Just, I, I really just am, because you know? I said it just because I said he'd be the next manager doesn't mean I bloody want him to be, that's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh no, 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 I'm here watching Connor Cody. I'm watching it. Oh yeah, all right. Well no, I'm on to you, yeah. Southgate. And I tell you what, if he's on 16 pence a mile off the FA for how much he's travelled this season. That man is good for a couple of beers. Don't worry about that. So uh... <laughs> I would, I would just like to add. I would just like to add the score today is Tottenham two, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil, and Connor Cody is joint man of the match. Uh, if yes. ever we knew what, if ever we knew Sky disliked us, there you go. <laughs> yeah, if you ever wanted Work that one. <laughs> For those of you listening in black and white, we do this uh, show on Zoom, and there's huge disapproval shakes of the heads about Connor Cody getting man in a match, but more of that later. Next up, joining us via the wonderful Daily Hotspur, which you should all be following on social media because it is absolutely fantastic. It is the one, the only, in the place to be, Jamie B. Thank you very much, Richard. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure Jason would agree with that, but uh, you never know with some of the transfer rumours that I can't. But anyway, yeah. Uh, really good to get back to winning ways. For me, I think we've got, you know, some really important games coming up in terms of I, I want to get back into that Europa League. I want to be in that competition next year. Yes, maybe it's not ideal. It's not exactly where we all want to be, but um, I want to be in that competition at the very least. So um, a really big win for us today, obviously puts us above West Ham. Um, and the performance, I thought, was much better in the second half. Mm. Um, I think there are lots of issues with this team um, that were kind of maybe left behind from the old manager. I think that, you know, you could see the attacking structure that's still kind of missing. Um, we definitely saw that last week. I think there's issues maybe with fitness as well and confidence, but we we really grew in uh, we really grew into that second half, and I thought it was really impressive performance. Um, I know we had a lot of shots on target, 13 shots on target, um, absolutely peppered their goal, 24 shots in in total, um, and, and I think that that number of shots on target was the most we've ever had since 2017. So it shows kind of what an improvement it's been um, in terms of maybe not in terms of our style of play and maybe our intent and looking to use the likes of Bale, Kane and Son, um, which maybe you could argue been wasted. But no, it's really good performance today. Nice win. And uh, hopefully we can continue that into the next two games. I'm going to finish that with saying, how dare you start doing stats when the yeah, next sorry. man up on I've, the I've... show has the absolute... Uh, copyright on such. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you it. fill your boots, Jamie, because uh, next up, of course, is the man with a little blue book who gives you your percentages, who gives you everything. A man, you know what? If he ended up managing Spurs, I think I'd run through walls for him, to be honest. I, I really would. Yeah. Man, that's <laughs> a cute, that is so cute to say that. <laughs> Happy days, mate. That's lovely. Mr. Lee McQueen. Uh, well, is I'm back and I can't get back on that crazy crane because that, uh, that crashed a few weeks ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, Jamie, and I don't mind sharing the blue book, do I, lads? Oh, 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 we'll oh, all the share. crazy crane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the crazy crane, yeah. <laughs> the crazy crane. <laughs> the crazy crane, mate, honestly. The crazy crane is so mad. I don't, I don't know how many uh, Camden Palaos I've had this afternoon. <laughs> I'm crazy trained but look I mean the stats are fa uh, fantastic there to see um, again there's nothing to be carried away about now other than just feeling good about winning a football match uh, 24 shots in total 13 on target 87% possession uh, um, pass accuracy um, and 63% possession that, that is that hang is on hang on pass ways. accuracy there 
87% high, very high. Wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. ne- nearly as good as against Sheffield United. So, you know, um, we we were, there, there was a couple of times in the game that I think all Spurs fans are thinking, here we go, we're going to go one nil down here. And we totally didn't deserve it at all. Mm. I mean, they had three shots on target the whole game. Luis had a very, very uh, quiet game. Um, and uh, yeah, very, very, very pleasing to get to, to get the three points. And um, yeah, I mean, Europa League is is on. I do not want this conference Europa League conference thing. That is just madness. However, uh, one of our own, obviously, uh, John made a really good point uh, on social media this week about actually if we do get that, it's a really good opportunity to blood all the youngsters. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, so so from that perspective, it could be good. But look, we got a win, um, and uh, yeah, two games left. Got to win them both. I, I will have to interject here and say totally selfishly and not for the club. Uh, as you know, I'm a man that now lives in the EU in Lanzarote and I do love Europe and European travel. And I have to say that if we do get that conference league and end up at the, uh, the back end of places like Bratislava and other places, you do know that we can end up going into bars if we're allowed to travel and be drinking good beer for about 50 pence a gallon. So listen, it might not be the greatest football experience, but as a little trip for two or three days midweek, oh man, you're in for a treat. You are in for an absolute treat. I'm telling you, it will be. It'll be it'll be terrible football, but you're going to come home Friday morning, Saturday morning from going to some of these places. You're going to go, yeah, that was a trip. That was an away day. I've, I've actually quite enjoyed that. But of course, we do want to be in the Champions League. I was, really? was going to say, Crackers, <laughs> Crackers, give me a 20 euro beer in Madrid any day, please. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> Jamie, I'll, I'll start with you. And um, I think really uh, on a scale of 0 to 100, with 100 being Spurs were absolutely on it today, and not being Wolves yeah. terrible. Uh, where was we on that game today? Because I yeah. really wasn't that impressed with Wolves, to be honest. No. And I, but I don't want to take too much away from Spurs at the moment. Um, yeah, no, I, I do agree. I think Wolves were really poor. And uh, there was kind of a lot of talk. Wolves met, I think everyone was saying, you know, it's typical that Wolves would go 1-0 in, uh, in at the break. Um, we all kind of thought that would come. But I really didn't. I thought they were very poor today. They didn't really look like ever causing as much threat. Yes, of course, couple of times they kind of hit us on the counter-attack but never really kind of posed any threat um I was disappointed by the first half display I think as I said at the start of the show I do think there are still real issues in this in this team I think if you look at last week it was a perfect example of where we at you know you've got a Leeds United side um who on paper you look at our team I think we're a much better side we're a much better side but mm. the thing is they were playing with um you know a team that had really brought into the manager's ideas they were very well drilled, knew what they were doing. Um, and, and and for us, you know, and that's why that's why ultimately they beat us, even if they had better individuals. And uh, I think today we saw that there's still kind of a lot of work to be done in terms of rebuilding that style. Of course, that will be the job of the new manager. And, that, and that's a really important thing because, you know, you can have all these quality individuals, but um, the most important thing is having kind of uh, a way of playing. And that's something we're really missing at the moment. So, um, 
the first half performance I thought was a little bit disappointing, but second half I think the individual quality of our team really really showed, and uh, it was nice. I mean, as much as I always come on here um, under Jose Mourinho and kind of defended the performances for. I say defending, of course. That's all we were doing under Mourinho. But um, you know, it was it was it was difficult. <laughs> oh, to touche, watch, but, uh, touche, touche, touche. <laughs> um, no, it was it was it was nice to see us really go for it, and 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 maybe you know, earlier on in the season that might have been a game we'd have won. You know, we might not have created as many chances or looked to have created many chances. But it was you know, it was really nice to see us go and play with real intent. Seeing Bale, Son, uh, maybe not you know, obviously Son had a tough game today, but Kane always get looking for goals. So um, I was really pleased with the second half performance. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Wolves Wolves were a poor side today. So um, that's something definitely to kind of um, keep, in, keep in mind when we're talking about the performance. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? Uh, tonight, Lee, I'll, I'll come to you next. I want Deli Ali to hog this show tonight because he, I thought today he hogged the game. And... I made a note here on 26 minutes and Deli Ali pulls off a little nuts and away he goes. And it's just a, a real proper old Deli Ali, Deli Ali, not Deli Ali's brother, Deli Ali himself, the little nuts and away he went. And I was like, Oh yes, that's the stuff. That's what I want to see. This is it, you know, and it just, it gave me a lift. And I think it gave the players a lift. And when Deli Ali's doing Deli Ali, it's an absolute joy, isn't it, to see? Totally. And uh, I thought what was really interesting about his play today is that he dropped a little bit deeper into that midfield. Whereas last week, we really criticised the gaping holes in the midfield uh, against Leeds United. This week, um, he he fulfilled that role where he's come a little bit. Give me the ball, give me the ball. I want the ball, and you know that that's what we want to see. Yeah, little little nutmegs and little tricks and flicks, which you probably got him out of the team when Jose was a manager, as uh, as we all know when he got lambasted against Stoke uh, in 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 the League Cup when he played. So um, yeah, it's good to see. Really good to see. I, I you know I think that. What's really, really interesting is that I think we said this on the WhatsApp group. So sorry if I'm stealing it from you, Jace, but I know you have your sound, the cell sound a bit. But Deli Ali, he, uh, he he's, he's already played all season. I think it's his fifth Premier League start, and he can he can last ninety odd minutes or 80, 85 minutes today. And Lacelso can't even get past 65, 67 minutes. Um, you know, it's just it's incredible. So you know, he's he's a he's a top top lad. He's a top player in there. He's lost his way a little bit. Um, and he's coming back. He was very, very, I was gutted that he didn't score. Very, he should have put it away, to be fair. I think he, he mm. said that after the game, didn't he? Um, and look, he's 25 years old. I think Jamie uh, Redknapper, after the game, mentioned that he's got one in three um, in terms of scoring ratios uh, for an attacking midfielder. And that's for the last two seasons where he's, let's be honest, he's had a bit of a shocker, right? He's lost his way for the last two seasons. Um, you know, getting high up the pitch, playing in that number 10 role where Kane is, it looked a little bit like oh I, I did tweet out Delhi Alley today old school old school Delhi it was it was lovely to see mate. Jace coming to you that, that the issue with uh, I, I don't want to dwell too much on negatives but La Celso again and Lee's absolutely right. There's Delhi like hardly playing and he's he's doing ninety minutes for fun. He's like he's just great to watch and La Celso again again I don't. It's so difficult because I don't want to scapegoat. And there's so many people that are not pulling up trees in this side. But 
you know, Delhi just seems to do it for fun and naturally. And the Celso, I don't know, it's, it just doesn't seem to be happening for him, does it? Well, I said bingo because I always talk about 67 minutes and I think he went off in, uh, was it 68th minute or on the time on the clock was 67 something. So there we go again. In fairness to him, I actually thought he had an okay game today. I thought I saw, I saw plenty of nice things, but that's, that's what you get from Geo. Lots of nice things, but you don't get that really dominating performance. And as I say, I thought it was probably one of his better games for us today. And yet I'm looking at that thinking that's one of his better games. And if Kevin De Bruyne, I know that we're talking extremes in Kevin De Bruyne, mm. but if Kevin De Bruyne turns that thing in, you know, he'd be, he'd be lambasted for a performance like that and saying he was on the periphery of the, I think that's the phrase is he's always on the edge of the game, but, but again, there's no goal. There's no assist. There's, there's nice things that he does, but it's, it's not that, you know, it's not that dominant mm. performance that we need. Um, so, you know, I don't want to have a too much of a go at him, but I just, and I think he probably could have gone more than 67 minutes today. So I think, you know, we're almost stuck in the syndrome where we automatically, it's as if I'm now picking the team and I think he's only going to last 68 and I take him off regardless in the 68th minute. But, um, you know, as you say, we're, we're, we've had so many negatives over the past, what is it? God knows how many weeks now, ever since losing that North London derby, so many so many negatives. Let's not dwell on them today. I thought we we actually played okay today, reasonably well. I saw some good football. There was a nice little move which we, he was involved in, which I think ended up with Reggie on having the shot that the, the keeper turned over. It was a nice bit of interpassing. Reggie on the way that he made the, the the second goal was was excellent. So let's let's concentrate on the positives today. Jaffa had a good game, I thought. Um, and, and we just have to go through that way. And that, that's that's the thing at the moment. It's little crumbs of comfort. And there was enough in that performance today to say it was a lot better than we've... There's a lot There's a lot to improve on, but it was a hell of a lot better than some of the stuff we've watched of late. Yes, I here, think, here. Uh, just, just, to follow, just to follow on from that, I think obviously you always make good points, Jase, uh, all, all, all the time. But when you look at our midfield and you look at the players that we've got in there... Um, and I've just brought out a selection just to maybe get a discussion point out of G- Giovanni Lo Celso, Tungan Dembele, Harry Winks and Musa Sissoko, right? They, they all play as central midfielders, right? L- let's be honest about that. I don't think in, and I don't think necessarily it's the player's fault, but we can debate that. I don't think any of them four know what position is their best position. Yeah. I, that, yeah. I actually, do you, are you with me, Jamie? I, I mm. think, Gio, where do you play? Yeah. Chungan Dumbulle, where's he play? Right, Harry Winks, what what is he? I don't yeah. think Harry Winks has known what he is for 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 the last three seasons, two seasons, or whatever. And Ant will be laughing at that, by the way. When you that's one for you, Ant. But but I'm serious, right? Musa Sissoko. When we bought Musa Sissoko, he was a powerful, hmm. um, running forward thinking, you know, player. Sometimes out on the right, whatever. Where's he playing now? What is he? Hmm. You know, hmm. and I'm not saying like, some people will say he don't play for us anymore and he should be sold. That might be the case, but the problem is the way yeah. the managers are using the players that we've got in that. Are you with me, Jamie? Hundred percent. I know. I was, I was. Do you know what? I wanted to say exactly the same. Oh, sorry, you, you look at you look at maybe the likes of the Celso and then Dombele, and you kind of as you exactly as you said, you wonder kind of where they are, and and that for me is why um, you know you can see potential in them, um, but they're not showing it enough, and they are can be very frustrating at times. The Celso very frustrating, and Dombele very frustrating, but. 
for me, I think if you have them under a manager who who really can use them properly, then then I think you'll see the best out of them. I think at the moment they've not been used in the right way. Um, so maybe in a proper system, I, I'm confident that Gio Celso will start to come good. Um, and I think Kotungi and Domele the same. Um, just an, just another point as well. Um, I know I remember being warned. Um, I think it was I think it was just after the United game. We had Aaron Paul on, who we used to do the Love Sports shows with, and he's a Man United fan. Um, and one thing he warned us about was at Manchester United, when the new coaching staff came in, just after Mourinho had left, they were so shocked by the levels of fitness that um, the, the players had. And now Mourinho had gone through and he kind of completely ripped up the sports science team and he'd kind of gone and assessed it himself. Um, and I think that that's something that's that's been an issue at Spurs as well. I mean, you look at the Celso's effort, it's shocking. You look at Tongi and Dombele, can't complete 90. You know, as Jason says, these these players can't complete 90 minutes. And uh, so I, I think there's also an issue of fitness as well. And, and that's why you don't see the Celso doing enough running. Um, so I think that's definitely an issue as well. So th- there's lots of things for the new manager kind of come in and take care of. And I think fitness is definitely another one, uh, an issue that he's going to have to come in and sort. And I think finding uh, the right positions and, and getting a system in place that's going to get the best out of Ndombel in the Celso, because that's remember, something that's really missing at the moment. Do, do you remember the Celso uh, versus, I think it was Southampton. It, this was under Jose Mourinho. We won the game. Uh, no, sorry, I think we drew the game. Uh, Kane down his ankle. Yeah, it was it was and it, yeah. Well, do you remember? Was it? Did we win the game, Jace? I can't remember. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think it was the game that Kane did his ankle. It was the FA Cup try. We drew 1-1 down there when Gio, Gio probably had his... It was the first time he really put in a performance yeah. for us. He did. Yeah. And he was running the show, wasn't he? He was, gr- he was driving, he was getting the ball. People couldn't get the ball off him thinking, wow. And, and again, mm. maybe it is them injuries that he's had. I know I don't mm. want to use that as an excuse, but maybe it is. Maybe he's not accelerating the power that he used to have or because yeah. or, or he, he hasn't got the confidence to get it back. I don't think he's lost it. I just don't think he's got the confidence. I don't know. But then them four players, you know, Winks wears number eight on his back, but he's not a box-to-box midfielder. He, he, he isn't that. You know, is he a holding midfielder the last couple of years? Mm. Even under Potticino, who we all lord on the show and, and probably m- most fans do, Tottenham fans do, even he wasn't getting the best out of these types of players. Yeah. Winks and Sissoko only two years ago were playing in the Champions League final. They, they can't even get in a side now. And, and they can't get in a side with, with the likes of Anundumbele or Gio, who mm. can't even last 70 minutes. No, and they haven't nailed down their plays mm. either, those two. Totally. Exactly that. Do you know what I have to say for uh, at uh, Ahmed uh, Huncho underscore um, and uh, at African Bloke and uh, uh, Daghos 24-7 that all made points to when when the when the last word on Spurs account put out for questions for tonight's show, it really was all about that midfield and who has a future and who doesn't. But do you know what? I think I'm with you, Jamie, but I think they they all need a season with somebody manage them, uh, managing mm. them. Mm. That, that's, that's what they really, really need to see where they are and give them a role and give them a purpose and, and get their fitness up. And I, yeah. I don't think you can really call any one of <laughs> them uh, at the moment until such times as, as they've had that. Yeah. I think the the other big thing as well for me has been confidence. Um, you look, I think we had a discussion on the WhatsApp group about Regulon and kind of what's happened to him. For me, I think there's it's confidence. You know, you see the way 
how he was such a fantastic attacking being fullback. Spurs, mate. He's been Spurs. Well, that's that's exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's yeah, definitely a case of that as well. Um, but no, you, you remember, I remember, you know, you saw him at Sabir. He's a fantastic flying fullback. Um, start of the season, we saw a bit of that, but then we kind of really saw him brought back into a real defensive role. Um, and then, of course, he was part of a side that was really struggling defensively. So, um, you know, and under the old manager, and again, this this really sounds like I've got a real agenda for Jose. And you've got to understand, I, d- I don't have an agenda against Jose Mourinho um, because I've obviously attacked him on a number of points now, and I know people will bring me up on that. But um, I do. I think that the way that we played, it was it was unfortunately it was very negative, and I think that a lot of players they lost a lot of confidence because they were kind of being they were afraid to make mistakes, and that that's what Jose Mourinho I think drilled into them about not making mistakes and. Um, so I think a lot of these players are real shock confidence at the moment. And Dombele, he's not going to do what he's, he, you know, when, when you don't have that confidence, you're not going to try and beat a man. You're not going to do what you usually do. And I think that a lot of them are kind of short of confidence. And that's another issue for the for the next manager to fix in terms of getting that, that confidence back up of a lot of those players. Well, there's, there's no bigger bigger example of that, is there? Than we, all, we all enjoyed watching Delhi today. Um, and the little nutmeg, as you said, the early one, he did a, he did that lovely little then just after that, a lovely little touch around the fullback when he got clattered into and things yes. like that. Yeah. And the last time he tried that at Stoke, he got absolutely pillared because 23 touches of the ball left from a goal kick we can see to a championship side and he got absolutely balled out for it. Yeah. And there you yeah. go. There you go. And, you know, like, as I said that day, we'll still go back to that. 23 touches of the ball to a championship side later yeah. and he got the blame for that goal. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? How much that can affect a player? Because I always remember um, David Ginola with uh, Gerard Houllier when he gave the Fat, ball away. Fatty. Uh, and and they, they conceded a goal, which was like sort of three, four, five minutes and 20, 30 touches later. And oh, Houllier France, absolutely yeah. lambasted him for France, didn't he? And That's you right. know what? David never, ever got over that. Never, ever got over that because it just was so unfair that, like, you know, he carried the weight of a country's failure on his shoulders. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to interview uh, David uh, on the pod and you could see the pain etched on his face over that that incident, you know. So, um, yeah, it, it. It, it's, a, it's a hard one goes back to what Jamie was saying as well, isn't it, lads and listeners, about kind of that confidence piece. I mean, a- anyone listening to me talk right now, whatever job you do, whatever, however you play uh, sport, if it's competitive level, semi-pro, you know, just kicking around with the kids at the park or whatever it might be, if your confidence is down, right, you, you don't play as well or you don't perform as well. So if you go to work and you're working, say, you, I don't know, say, I don't know, you might be a driver, right? Or you might be, uh, you know, might be a milkman like my dad was for 42 years or you might be a business person, whatever it is. If you've got something going on that, that or your manager's horrible to you, you don't get on with that manager or you, you don't you don't agree with the philosophy or the values, whatever it is it's going to have an effect on the way you you approach your job and the way you perform in your job or your way, in this case, you perform on the pitch. So they've had their confidence ripped out, out of them. Uh, uh, you know, and and again, Sky, uh, Jay, I take your point earlier, JC, you said about Sky kind of not loving us with the, with the whole joint um, man and match thing. But they put some brilliant stats up earlier. And, you know, under the, under the Pochettino era, we were having 18 shots uh, at goal on average per game. 
Uh, and then the following season, the champion, uh, when we was um, going after Chelsea, uh, was it 17 uh, shots that season on average per game? Uh, 16.7 shots the year after that. And then now, the last couple of years, 11. 11 shots per game. You know, it, it, it's, it's obvious that front foot football that Jace, you talk about all the time, it has gone completely stats, back the it? other way. It's nearly you know, it's half. Gone, yeah. Nearly so half. Look, exactly. Nearly half. So when, when you look at the likes of, I don't know, a Giola Celso, he wasn't at the club before, or an Ndombele, or the attacking players at Deli Alley, certainly, as you've just been talking about, it's going to have an effect. It's like, hang on, my DNA is I play this way. This is what I do. And, and actually, for my entire career, since I was at Milton Keynes Dons and now, you know, at Tottenham, you know, being the youngest, one of the youngest players to get to 50 Premier League goals ever, like beating the likes of Gerrard and Lampard and Scholes and all them records that he broke as a youngster, he's played a certain way. And then all of a sudden, somebody's coming to try and rip that carpet underneath him. How, how of course, it's going to affect you. And, and actually, again, coming back to, Jason, what you said and at the top of his point, Crackers, what you said, it was lovely to see Delhi back, playing with a smile on his face, mm. doing the bits that he wants to do. And it was like you say, it wasn't his brother, it was him. And what I was really impressed with with Delhi is his strength as well. He was he's strong and he was he was ready to put his foot in and put kick people off the ball. And because he dropped back a little bit, not just pure number 10, he was he's playing a bit of an eight as well today. Do you know what I mean? Like get, getting mm. in the round. And I think that's that confidence thing, Jamie, you talk about it often. That that needs to come back into team. That ain't gonna come back one or two games under Ryan Mason, is it? Do you know what I mean? Or whoever is going to be... Uh, I uh, think the thing with Delhi Lee, is it's just so damn natural to him. It's just it's just like there's no effort there. I mean, I, I think Delhi the footballer and Delhi the person, you know, Delhi the person just seems to be like, you know, a kid. You know, and, and and I've said before when I've been guesting on the show when Ricky's been hosting, he's had like no upbringing at all. He's just he's all over the place as a person. But put him on a football pitch, he's akin to like a, a, a best and a Gascoigne with regards to who he is as a person, and he's akin to a best and a Gascoigne. As a footballer, he's just got this thing where he can do it on the pitch. And I think if you can just somebody mentor him, you know, I, I put a tweet out earlier saying I would love to actually manage him and be his agent because I think you have to allow him a certain amount of throttle and then a certain amount of break. I don't think he's ever going to be training three times a day like a Ronaldo or anything, and I think you know he probably likes his midweek uh, gl glass with with his pals. But I think you have to allow him it. I just think he's one of those people. Like Bestie used to go out drinking. Like Gascoigne used to go out and drinking. Man, look, Gascoigne was out drinking the night before that Portsmouth game in the cup, and then he he turns out and he's doing what he's doing. He's playing like tennis till three o'clock in the morning. And I think Delhi sits in that envelope. Listen, I'm not saying that Delhi Ali is a Gascoigne or a best, but he's he's in he's in that overlap of the of the Venn diagram. So I think he just needs a certain type of managing. Jason, how much would you like to be a mentor for for Delhi Ali? Yeah. I was just thinking Pep Guardiola might be a good mentor for him. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, only if he's coming to manage us, which would be, which would be, which would be all right with me, wouldn't? <laughs> but uh, listen, coming back to the the game itself, and uh, on forty four minutes, we've been knocking on the door. Jamie, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you the honours of talking us through uh, Harry Kane's goal because it wasn't the most spectacular of goals to watch. But for me, uh, it's listen, it's never winning goal of the season or goal of the month even. But what he done leading up to the goal was just absolutely, it was ridiculous. I mean, it was millimetres on side. He put man of the match, apparently, yeah. Connor Cody on his derriere and <laughs> then just slots it like it yeah. was just, like you know, like it was slicing bread. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, you know, we, we always talk about Harry Kane and we say, what more can we say about him? But yeah, another fantastic goal. I think, um, uh, no, we talk about Sky. I think we missed half of the build-up thanks to Sky's kind of coverage of it, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, no, it was, again, it was a really nice, well-taken goal. And, um, you know, he was he, he did. It was a shame that he didn't get more today. I know Mohamed Salah scored uh, in the West Brom game uh, against West Brom. So he's kind of level with him. So it was a bit of a shame. It'd be great to see Harry Kane rewarded, maybe on a personal level, uh, by getting that goal, but, but yeah, a fantastic goal, you know, had to beat a couple of players and then slot it home. Um, you know, again, just all his all-round players are so fantastic and uh, a really nice goal from Harry Kane again today. So yeah, really good goal. Excellent. Jace, for you, that goal with Harry Kane, it was, it was just one of those, you've got to have that football brain to do that. Not everyone can do that, can they? Yeah, it summed it up and it was just pure composure, wasn't it? There was, uh, when he was going through, you, you just expect him to to put it in the back of the net in those types of chances. Um, and he'll probably be disappointed he didn't have, he didn't do more today, having hit the post a couple of times and things like that. But no, he's a, I've said it all season, head and shoulders the best player in the Premier League. It would be a, 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 a cardinal sin if he doesn't win player of the year this year. And he, I, I don't expect him to win it because of where we are and what our lack of success this year. But he, he has sky. illuminated the Premier League. Illuminated the Premier League. Head and shoulders, the best player in the league this year. Uh, and Lee. Sky and all the media that don't fancy him because he's Tottenham who want to sell him to another club. That's why he won't win it. Do you know what I mean? He's <laughs> absolute head and shoulders, the best player in the Premier League. 100% we'll, agree, Jason. We'll see, we'll, see if, we'll see if all summer Declan Rice has to move to, to win a trophy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Of course. Cool. Exactly, exactly that. Or uh, Suchek and all these boys. Exactly that. Exactly. You watch. It is it is ridiculous. Are, are you looking forward to uh, Southgate absolutely ruining him in the uh, in the Euros, which kicks off in one one month's time? Because I I, I don't know. Apologies if you're listening from the states or, or anywhere else, but just to just to indulge in a little bit of England as well. I, I you know you look at Mason Mount and you look at Foden, and then you look at Kane and you look at Deli Ali and you think to yourself. Who's beating us in those Euros? And then all of a sudden you look at, at Gareth Southgate and you go, oh, no, really? I'm not sure. I, I, I'll be honest, this might be controversial. I, I think Gareth's done a really good job with England, I have to say. I think he's done a very good job. Uh, I, I think people got short memories. We, we, we hadn't been past the quarterfinals in a major tournament for a long, long time. I was very, very lucky in my youth, in my younger days, listeners, uh, to be an England member. 
and I travelled everywhere um, following them uh, with Nick and Colsey with, with the lads. And uh, we went all over the place. We went to uh, all over Germany, all over Portugal, uh, 2004, 2006, um, respective uh, cups. And it was devastating. Every time in the quarterfinal, uh, something goes wrong, there's a penalty or, you know, there's a, you, you lose on penalties or there's a red card. In the World Cup previous to that with Glenn, the, the fantastic Glenn Odell as our manager, the Beckham kick out. We've had nightmares, absolute nightmares as England. And you know the the one that everybody remembers is Euro '96. If you're if you're old enough, I know Jamie, you probably were born then, dude. Um, you know, but Euro '96 was a massive tournament for us, and uh, Darren Anderton uh, nearly scoring and uh, Gascoigne missing it, and we should have gone to the, but we didn't, and it was a semi final. Um, and then of course before that it was it was 1990. So you know, I, you know, to get to a semi final of a, of a World Cup. So you know, 2018 we get to the semi final of a World Cup. And Gareth Southgate gets us there. He also gets us a, a team that is the first time that we've won a penalty shootout since Euro 96 quarterfinals against Spain. Um, I also think that actually he's changed the way England were perceived in the media uh, mm. hugely. So I think, look, Gareth gets a lot of stick maybe on social media, but I will stick up for him. If he rocks up at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club as our new manager, I'd say fair enough, mate. Give him a go for it. I'm not saying I want him there. I'm not saying I want him there. But you you see what he, what he's what the players that he's worked with and where he's gone and what he's done at, at international level. There's a, there's a lot worse candidates out there that I can see um, that that have been uh, linked with my or our football club. Um, so I, I think he gets a lot of stick and it's uh, I think it's a little bit I think it's a little bit hard from Gareth Southgate to be fair. Back anyway, to the not, studio and from yeah. in live to Jason McGovern, where Lee McQueen has just said he would not mind Gareth Southgate being Tottenham manager. I'll start with you, Jason. And I'm coming around to you, Jamie. There's actually 95% of what Lee's just said I probably agree with, apart from the bit that says I wouldn't mind him being Tottenham Hotspur manager. <laughs> But, but the rest of it was all spot on. But if if he's on the if he's our new manager, then they were definitely on the the crazy crane again. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, do you think he's on our short Nicely list? Done. Um, oh, blimey, I really well, hope he's not. on the list. I bet, yeah. Oh, blimey, on the short list. You got no, I... people like Inzaghi, like two to one. What? Why would Inzaghi be two to one or one to two or whatever he's been, and Gareth Southgate not be on the shortlist? <laughs> like, what? Why? I, I, look, I'm not a booking. I'm. I just want to make it absolutely clarity clear. You can at me, by the way, at Lee McQueen. I don't care. I'm not saying that I want him as our manager, but why wouldn't yeah. you consider him? Why? Why wouldn't you? Like after all the things I've just said about, why wouldn't you consider him? And when we're considering people that that we've been considering. Like, you know, like Ryan Mason, for example. No offence to Ryan, but maybe he's getting a new job. He's only had his coaching badges for 16 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, this, this, at least Gareth Southgate has taken us. He's, he's, he's gone into a, a round of 16 penalty shootout in the World Cup and got through the pressure of being able to do that, the experience of having that. Got us through the quarterfinal, got us through to the semifinals. And, and, you know, and we were close. We were there. We should have we gone through. It, it, was, it was our tournament. Why, why wouldn't he be on the shortlist, Jamie? I, I think what you're saying, Lee, is he'd have won that cup tie at Colchester then. <laughs> well, what, Potch didn't, did he? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Potch did We're, we're going to take he's a replay from Rochdale, mate. His qualification for the job is he won that cup tie at Colchester. And we're just still like, knocked out in the semi finals, all right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. I know what you mean. I know, I know. 
Jamie coming to you. On the shortlist, Jamie? Um, well, firstly, I hope not, but uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a biggest, I'm not the biggest fan of Gareth Southgate. I think I, I do agree. Obviously, we had a fantastic World Cup. Uh, maybe you could argue we had kind of a, a slightly favourable run to the uh, to the mm. semi finals. I'll I'll argue that, Jamie. I'll argue that. I don't want to take away too much because in Venice, you know, I think you know they really managed expectations very well, and it was I think maybe it wasn't the greatest team we've ever had, but to kind of get to that stage anyway was was still was still good. I mean, we've had better teams not get to that stage, so. Um, you could argue he has yeah. done a good job, but you also look at his record at, at when he's been at clubs at Gareth Southgate, and I don't think he's done particularly well. Didn't do didn't do particularly well at Middlesbrough. For me, I, I don't think he's he's going to be the greatest club manager. I think that he's probably made for international football. Um, so for me, I I don't know. I just think he's been very underwhelming since that World Cup as well. I think England, yes, we've qualified for the World Cup, but you know you expect that from an England team, especially kind of the the group we now have. Um, so for me, yeah, I, I really hope he's not on that shortlist. And let me guarantee you the one snob, thing. The snobs keep coming. <laughs> he's not good enough for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Yeah. What, what about level. Forfana? What about Forfana? But you wouldn't have taken him, would you, as a centre-back? Classic, <laughs> mate. Absolutely yeah. classic. Oh, I don't want Johnny Evans. He ain't, he don't, he's not <laughs> expensive enough. Take us to the next level. Won't take us to the next level. What about Ndombele? Yeah, let's buy him. 65 million. The, the guy's pony. He's like, you know what I mean? They don't do anything. Can't get a game. Potential yeah, let's get Celso in 50 million. He's rubbish. Oh, to you go all John Burko oh, here and shout, order, 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 order. He is like, if, he, if uh, Gareth Southgate does become our manager, you know, you definitely know that Daniel Levy's going to start selling custom-made... Uh, oh, oh you uh, stole my thunder. Oh, you waistcoat. stole my thunder. I'm, I'm actually partial to a waistcoat. That's why I like Gareth. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to go to the break in the show and Sorry. say, I'll guarantee you one thing, that Enoch will be doing a waistcoat with a little Tottenham badge on it for 75 English pounds <laughs> <laughs> if he comes because with the popular with the with the uh, rising uh, popular culture of AC12 and, uh, and and the waistcoat and Gareth Southgate you just know we're all going to be on the terraces wearing waistcoats oh no sorry that's Arsenal when they all wore those uh, goalkeeper helmets that's them not us <laughs> uh, listen don't go anywhere we're going to take a little break we'll be back to uh, discuss the second half have a look at a couple of other players that may have not pulled up too many trees today and those that absolutely did as well um, yeah a few little bit of discussion and then of course the uh, Aston Villa preview as well so don't go anywhere we'll be back very very soon Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. And we are back. Uh, thank you once again for downloading, streaming, tuning in, as we used to say to uh, Last Word on Spurs. We are available, as I said, at the top of the show across all your social medias on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook 
uh, where else are we available? Anywhere else? Jace? Tinder. Uh, we on Tinder? On Tinder, on Tinder, on Grinder, on Mumsnet. Uh, Jamie, uh, my, MySpace, did you have a MySpace page? Are you, uh, was you a MySpace boy? Oh, no? no, I was never. I, I, don't think I, was, I don't think I was around for that. Friends <laughs> Reunited, do you remember that? Floppy disks? No, no, I'm just getting a, a, a complete blank there for, for all of that. But listen, we do really, really appreciate you getting in touch and all the questions that you've sent in. I'm trying to, I'm trying to crowbar, shoehorn a few in because we've had plenty put out there. Uh, so thank you uh, so much for that. Um, let me start with one of these questions, actually, before we speak to the second half. I'll come to you, Jason. And uh, at Huddle Waddle, um, and also at Dan Flash G, speaking about Son, now there's a player that just seems to have been a little bit quieter than he was at the start of the season. He just seems to have dropped off a little bit. Is that Sonny himself or the systems we're playing? Where are you with uh, Sonny at the moment? Because... I don't know. I, I, you know, we we have seen him put him more into games than he than he currently is. But I do feel we might be a little bit phased out by the system we're playing. I don't know so much it's a system because I thought he he saw plenty of the ball, enough of the ball today. Um, you know, he, he fished that one into the box in that first afternoon that ricochets. But the disappointing thing for me was. I think it was three times in the second half in the space of 10 minutes, he hit a 40 yard back pass from the halfway line. Mm. And I thought, I thought, Sonny, turn around and have a go at the man. It's as if he's, I don't know, maybe he's feeling a little bit leg weary and he thinks I'm just not going to take the full back on or get past him. But um, I know he scored at Leeds last week, but, but ever since that cup final, he's, I mean, he was woeful in that cup final, wasn't he? Absolutely shocking in that cup final. And whether that's that's affected his confidence or his mentality or something a little bit, I'm not sure. But you know, I certainly wouldn't be averse to leaving him out Wednesday night and and seeing Lucas Moura come back into the side, who I don't think should have been left out in the first place. Yeah, no, absolutely. Lee, for you with uh, uh, Son at the moment, it's uh, as as Jason as Jason said. Maybe give more a bit of a, a bit of a shout. Maybe he's knackered. Maybe it's a system. I, I don't know. But he just doesn't look like that Sonny we have seen before, does he? I completely disagree. I don't, I don't know where this has come from. It's an absolute myth. Sorry, boys and listeners. Uh, he scored last week. He scored the week before and he assisted before. He's got 17 Premier League goals uh, to his name uh, this season, and uh, which is the best return ever. Um, he scored four in the Europa League as well. He's also scored in the FL uh, Cup as well. So he scored, what, 20, 22 goals this season so far. Um, if you go back to the previous before Sheffield United where he scored and assisted, he also scored as well. So coming into this game, he scored three Premier League goals on a trot. I, I don't see where this drop-off is. He might have had a, an off day today, but not a drop-off. No, no chance. I think he's absolutely world-class. The, the one... The one thing I would say for him in fairness is that now you've got Bow in the front three, you know, Kane can now look left and right for a pass. Yeah. Or midfield players mm. can look left and right. Whereas earlier in the season, everything, once Kane dropped into midfield, everything had to go to Son yeah. because there was no other option. So now you've got Bow as Great the other point. option. Great you know, Dan, I mean, you know, 
there are other opportunities for Delhi to play the ball or for other players to play the ball more than just Sonny. So he probably will get a little bit less. But I, I, I still, like I said, I still thought he saw enough of the ball today. He was just off it today for sure. I think uh, for me, I, I think for me with Son, he's, he's played a lot. Uh, he's played, I think, the second most uh, appearances this season. He's made 46 appearances in all competitions. So that's a lot of football to play. And then, of course, you know, he, we've been so heavily relying on him. And that, that obviously, that takes a real, you know, kind of, uh, you know, drains you mentally um, to kind of have that real reliance. You know, we saw at the start of the season the number of times we were relying on, on Xiongmin Son to score a ridiculous goal. Um, so there were so many occasions where we relied on him. Um, but yeah, 46 appearances this season. I think there's, you know, there's definitely something there where there is maybe a bit of fatigue. I, I get what Lee, I totally understand where Lee's coming from. Of course, you know, he's still scoring the goals and that's why Sonny's so good. But I think you can, I th for me, I do, I do think there has been a slight drop off in kind of how effective he's been. But I think if you look at the number of games, I think you can understand. I'm sorry, I've got, I've got to come back in. I just, I don't, this is a myth. This is half the problem. This is half the problem when you, when you're, you know, he, he has a, he has a half an hour, bad half an hour. He drops off a little bit today, right? So he, he got man of the match against Southampton, right? And he, and he scored, right? He got a, he got a goal and assist against Sheffield United, right? And then he scored also against Leeds, right? And then the next, next game, which was today was Wolves. He didn't score. Previous to that, Manchester United turned us over. Guess who scored? Oh, hang on a minute. It was Son. I mean, you could not make this <laughs> stuff up. This guy's form has not dropped off. It has not gone anywhere. He's just had a, you know, a drop off on today. It, it, you know, you make some points about, you know, loads of fatigue and this, that and the other. Fair enough. But he's still scoring goals. He's still an outstanding return mm -hmm. to where he's at. Uh, you know, and I would definitely not be dropping him for, for Villa on Wednesday because I reckon he's going to rock up and score two. So, I'm sorry, lads, but yeah, you know, I, I love you all, but no chance. Just stand no, that he yeah. scored loads of goals, loads of assists. He has not dropped off. I mean, no, if, I mean, I that's Son, that... if I was yeah. sorry, Jamie, if I was Son hearing this, I'd be like, what are you on about? <laughs> uh, what are you on about? I'm defending Son as me because I'm like, yeah. mate, I'm sticking in the back of the net every other week, mate. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, for me, I wouldn't drop him either. I think he's that kind of that guy that where even maybe where he's not at his best, he'll still produce a big moment. Um, I think that's the, that's the thing about Sun. So I agree, I wouldn't drop him. But um, yeah, maybe I'd add there is a, there has been a slight drop off in his performance, in my opinion. But just, I think it's just down to fatigue. And I, and I don't think that's a bad, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think you can understand that there would be a drop off. But, you know, I think, I think we'll go, keep going around in circles. But I, I, I get where Lee's coming from as well. Uh, do you know what? It's almost as if everybody on this show has their own thoughts and opinions, which over the weekend on social media, Weird, isn't it? We, we might have been accused that we didn't have our own thoughts and opinion uh, on certain other issues. Who the funk it? <laughs> uh, listen, uh, I'm going to come to you, Lee, on, uh, on, on 61 minutes. Now, this was almost the highlight of the season for me, uh, to, to be honest, because it's been a, it's been a, a season of very, very thin gruel. And there's Reggie, who goes down the wing, and there's a ball which looks like it needs to be given up on, but he doesn't. And he wins it back, and he puts a cross in, and we score a goal from it. And for me, it was so, so, so pleasing. I mean, really pleasing. But it, it, that's that. I just, as I said on on our WhatsApp group earlier, 
that is what I want to see. It's just, you know, just that little 10%, that little bit more effort, that and all of a sudden, bang, it's a goal, and the game's won. Beautiful. Uh, reminiscent of Deli Alley, uh, Jose Mourinho's first game in charge against West Ham United. He yes. could have let the ball run out of play. He didn't, and we went and scored from it. Reminiscent of Hummin Son, who's obviously having a real bad season uh, at the moment, lads. <laughs> um, a quarter final uh, against Manchester. That was a bit of a joke here, lads. They're, they're not having it. Uh, listeners, they're not having no, it. No, I got you. Yeah. I'm with you, Lee. Carry on. Uh, quarter, Carry on. Fi- quarter final at the new lane. Uh, Man- Manchester City, when Son scores 1 0, we could have let out of play but he didn't he had the desire to keep it in play and he scored a goal reminiscent of Harry Kane when he had the goggles on he scored an outrageous goal that would have hit me square in the face um if the uh, if the net wouldn't have been there against Arsenal when he scored that unbelievable North London derby goal of Deli Alley in the corner because he could have let it go out of play but he didn't and he won it back and it was that desire and that determination to get the ball back and make things happen. And 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 us and uh, again, crackers, you're spot on. I saw that again. We saw that from from Reggie, and and he could have easily let it go out of play, couldn't he? Easily let it go out of play. Didn't yeah. won the ball back and got a goal from it. And again, the man that got the goal uh, was uh, was Hoiberg. And yeah, he doesn't get many, but today he's got a, an assist. I mean, we talked about Kane. It was absolutely outstanding goal. But what a ball, by the way, from uh, from Hoiberg for from for the first one, yeah, and then uh, yeah. and then he just slots it home after Gareth Bale's great shot and and, and panned it out. And it was, a, it was an all-round brilliant bit of play from Tottenham Hotspur. Jason, come off the back of that double post hit as well, and you start to think to yourself, "Oh, is this going to happen today?" It was just like it was crazy, wasn't it? That double post hit, but then that goal as well, and we really, really started that second half, as Jamie said at the top of the show, with some great intent, some great want, and some great desire, and for all that's been going on over the weekend with protests and everything else, it is all you, I think that's all that Spurs fans want from this team, is just some desire. We may fall short sometimes. It may happen. It happened under Pochettino in that Champions League final. But I think that that's the overriding message that, you know, we want to send to the board and to the club is we just want to see that effort and desire, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that thing of you don't give up, do you? And you don't drop no. your head. And you're right. And the, the, the two goals both had double incidents because there was the one in the first half where Cody cleared it off the line twice and you thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be one of those. And mm. within a couple of minutes, Harry Harry scored. And then, as you say, we hit the, the double post incident and within a couple of minutes, we go 2-0 up. So, you know, both works. And, and you're right. The desire from Reggie, who I've been very critical of lately, um, you know, twice he twice the ball could have gone out first when he over on the full stretch and even then he had to to chase and get it back so it was 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 an excellent goal and and Hoiberg himself you know your holding midfield player has that desire to burst into the box and get onto it and you know that perhaps that's one thing that we need to see a little bit more from our midfield players to I think Gary Neville made a good point in that you know it's it's those runs that they make to get in the box into goal scoring positions. And, and Hoiberg did that. And, and you're right. You know, we've, we've gone trophyless or we've gone with a lack of real trophies for so long, but you, you want to see some effort. You want to see, you know, not, not 
passion for me that Danny Rose used to show of just running around like a headless chicken for the sake of it, but but channeled in the right direction where where there is real desire to go and 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 do something positive for the team, not just point. You know, I, I see lots of people talk about passionate players where they're just pointing at shouting at people. That's that's fake passion for me. That's just looking good for the supporters. Oh, he's giving it. You know, Gwen Doozy, for example, is somebody that for me has fake passion where he just runs around shaking his head and pointing and actually does nothing of any contribution to the team. You don't want to see it like that. But but you're right. You, you need to see that. And hopefully over the course of the summer, as we go into next year, we, we see a return to that because, you know, that's the basics. That's the bare basics we need to see. And if we get that, then some of the other things you forgive. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, do you know what? We saw this yesterday in the FA Cup final. It was just that sheer will to get it done, to give everything. And and I think if you do, Jamie, I don't know if you agree, if you just give everything. And yesterday, yesterday, and there was so much noise on social media where Spurs fans, me included, was saying that, just bottle that and give it to, like, that's what Tottenham need to be doing. Because if you do do that, Leicester, Leicester, let's face facts, Leicester are in not in the same ballpark as Chelsea, yeah. as a, yeah. a, a as players and everything. But they've just got that togetherness, that just yeah. that thing of never giving up, never die attitude, and it just shows that you can get results and you yeah. can get cups and over the line with just that sheer damn bloody will to win, can't you? Yeah, I think the most important thing with Leicester is that the players, that there's something really to believe in and that starts from at the top. You see the way the owners, you know, I know there's a lot made about the, the Leicester owners on social media and, and how fantastic they are. You know, they really kind of treat the the, the club as real passion um, mm. and, and kind of, so I think the players can see that as well and they really know what they're, they're aiming towards. There's something they really believe in. And then, of course, you've got the manager, Brendan Rodgers. Um, they all believe in the manager. They all believe that he's the right man to be at the club. Um, and kind of get them playing a certain way. And they've all got that, that starts on the top where they've got that belief and uh, that kind of filters down into the players. And they, you know, they'll want to start to give more for the for the, uh, for the the club. And, you know, we've seen this year, did the players quite believe in the old manager? I don't think they did. Did the players believe in kind of what the vision at the top of the club? No, I don't think they did. And, and that's where it needs to come from. It needs to start from the top. It needs to come from the manager. And Spurs just haven't had that. Leicester have been completely the opposite. They've had... As I said, owners doing a fantastic job. You can see the vision there. You can see the vision of the manager. Spurs don't have that. And I think that that's, that's where that belief comes from. And, uh, you know, that's why you saw that performance yesterday from Leicester, where their players are giving everything for the club, everything for the team. Um, our players just haven't really seemed to have done that. But they need something to believe in. They need kind of a vision. And that's what Spurs need to rediscover again, getting that vision in place Obviously, under Mauricio Pochettino, we very much had that. We had a style of play. We kind of knew where we were aiming for. Um, we've just completely lost that. And that's something that we really need to rediscover under the new manager and, and maybe kind of a restructuring of the club in, in certain areas. So um, hopefully hopefully that's something that we can do, but we'll have to wait and see whether we're, we were able to do that. I think what's, what's interesting... Lee, I, I, I was going to say, I, I can't was... let you not have your say on this because you're the man four, five, six shows ago and for a few shows have said... Where is our DNA? Where is our plan? 
Where is, okay. you know, where, where is what Leicester are doing? And you've called it. And okay. Leicester have turned that yesterday into an FA Cup win. Uh, and the, the thing is, it is, it is so important. I know probably some people just roll their eyes or they think, oh, here he goes again, like going off on one. But it's so important to know where you're going. How mm. are you motivated if you don't know where you're going? If you don't know how you're going to get there, you don't. You can't get there if you don't know where you're going. It is absolutely impossible. You have to set out a plan. You have to put a stake in the ground and say, I'm aiming for this. And, and, and make sure that that aim is realistic. Make sure it's what I said to you before. Like, okay, let's get a budget of 300 million over the next three years. And, we'll, and let's get, get that player recruitment in properly. Let's get the players that we want to build a team not as, as individuals. We're not Galacticos. When you look at the bench and when you look at the players' names individually, I said this earlier, when, when Bale and Kane were standing over that free kick tonight, I had a bit of excitement in my tummy. Literally, it went, you know, when you get a bit of excitement, I was like, because you're seeing both of them playing for our football club with that shirt on. I'm thinking, man alive, this is epic. And then Son walks past him in the background and thinking, this is unreal that they're playing for our football club. And yet they're turning turgid performances. Like Son, obviously, has been woeful, isn't he, over the last kind of four or five weeks? <laughs> um, no, but, but seriously, it's really, really important to have a why, to have a purpose, to go after something. I've built enough teams and enough businesses to know that if you haven't got that, that's where you struggle. And, and, and obviously... I, the reason why I know that is because we have struggled. You know, we as Tottenham Hotspur, as businesses, as Southampton, we've built these. You know what I'm talking about, guys and listeners. You know it. This is so important. The reason why there's such a massive disconnect with a football club and a board at the moment is because they are doing things that we don't know about. And therefore, we then start to uh, react in, in a defensive way. Whoa, whoa, you didn't tell us about that. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? There needs to be that communication. There needs to be that openness. That needs to be, we're on the journey together. We are as one. This is where we're going. And this is what creates, this is what makes a difference between Kane wanting to leave and Kane wanting to stay, for example. Mm. This is the difference between Son signing a new contract and Son not. It's, it's detrimental to where we're going as, as a football club when you've got that short-termism of, uh, right, we're just going to win a trophy. Trophies will come, as Chris Callum will tell you, trophies will come, success will come, money will come if we get it right on the pitch. Uh, but we've never, ever got it right on the pitch, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Like, never. You can't say that we have. It. I say, okay, never, ever, in the modern era, under, under this current regime, 20 years, you can't say that we've ever got it right. Well, hang on a minute, what about Pochettino? But did we fluke that? I mean, Pochettino was absolutely outstanding for our football club. Jace, you said it earlier. We peaked too high on the pitch compared to where they wanted or needed to be. It didn't align properly. Leicester getting over the line yesterday. If we'd have had Jose Mourinho in charge against Manchester City in a Carabao Cup final, would we, could we, should we, could, if, buts, who, we never know. Well, what I will say to you is Leicester had one shot on target yesterday in the Cup final. One. And they scored. And they won the cup. No one cares about stats. No one cares about Lee's shitty little blue book now. They've got the freaking cup. That's all that matters. But the way they've got it, the way they had a team camaraderie, we do not play as a team, as a unit. That's what we've got to get back. I'm also going to shout out to Olegon Solskjaer because Manchester United, arguably, and you can have this debate yourselves, are the biggest club in world football, one of the top three biggest clubs in world football. And he was absolutely battered 
battered when he got in. Or Ollie's at the tr- uh, tr- driving the bus and this, that, and the other, and it's ridiculous and this that. But what he has done, to be fair to him, and he's spent loads of money and whatever, but he's got the club's DNA, if that's what you want to call it, back in. They've got a purpose. They know where they're going. They brought through Mason Greenwood. He's been an outstanding season as a, as a rookie, if you like, you know, in, in his first season. And, and you know, the, the likes of Rashford and so on and so forth. And, and uh, I suppose taking the damage, if one of the expression that you talked about, Jamie, from what Jose had done to that football club before. And he has turned it around. And this was a guy that was managing, um, you know, in, in Norway, and this was a guy that took over at Cardiff and got relegated or whatever it was. He was he was woeful. And people, oh my God, you know what's going on? But at least he's got the good people around him and, and, and where he can be. Where am I going with this? They've got a purpose. They know where they're going. They've got a plan. Leicester City, they've got a purpose. They know where they're going. They've got a plan. Chelsea, the most batshit club in terms of, you know, sacking managers, but they it works. They've got a plan. They know what they're doing. They're ruthless. They are where they are. Most successful up with up with the likes of Pep Guardiola and Man City were the most successful club in the last 10 years winning trophies. It works for them. We've got to find what works for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club mm-hmm. and execute it. And they've got, But they've got to tell us. They've got to involve us. Take us on the journey with them. Don't let us defend the, the protests and so on and so forth. People calling us out on social media. I have my say right now. Don't call me out on social media saying that I'm not backing this. I do my things in my way. But i tell you one thing. Going up to the White Hart Lane, getting drunk out of my face and like swearing and writing derogatory, uh, singing derogatory tunes and, and, mm. and writing derogatory banners, that is not the way to get to, to where you want to be. Now, for me, that is completely immature. So, you know, yeah. you look at yeah, it in a yeah. completely different way. And, and, and I'm sure I'm sure we're going to get into that a little bit more. But don't you know, social media and the way we are and the way we are as a as a as a world now. Come on, guys and girls and listeners, this is ridiculous. Mm. You know, we need to if we want a voice. If we want people saying about oh, have uh, have fans' voice on uh, on the board at the club. What after you've been protesting with masks on your face, calling people bald this and swear words that? I mean, it's, it's a joke. It's, yeah. it's a banter yeah. club. Yeah. So, no, so no, for me, you're... we've got to get back to sorry, Craig, yeah. just quickly, we've got to get back to where we want to be, where we want to go, four-year plan, three-year plan, five-year plan, whatever, and go after it. Uh, yeah. Take us on a journey. I, I think the, the one thing as well, I do feel as though maybe we've sometimes we've had have a plan, but I think we've we've always been so indecisive in executing it. I think um now under Maurizio Pochettino, there was times when we had opportunities to kind of rebuild when we had a young manager and we failed to do it. Under Mourinho, awesome. we obviously, you know, in the summer, we had the whole situation with Milan Skriniar. Um, we went even Harry with... Redknapp, Jane. Even Harry Redknapp. Exactly. We, we go out and buy. Who did we buy in that in that summer? We need we needed Nelson a striker. Sahar and Nelson. And Nelson. I mean, in the January. Nelson, this, this sums it up. This sums it up. This, right. This is hmm. this is this is just not either panic buying or, oh, we need this to happen. There's no plan. There's no cohesive way of going, mm. do you know what? We're in a situation here. Let's flex. Uh, Plans don't yeah. have to be same. You can you can divert off route and go somewhere else to get to your still end yeah. your destination. You just, there's no flexibility in there. Oh, that's done. We've set that. That'll be all right. It's not all right. You have to yeah. change things up. You have to make it happen. You have to give everybody a feeling that we want to go somewhere. Yeah. We're going together. But we're not going together at the moment. Now, everyone's all over the place. We, fans, some fans hate me. So I, I don't like other fans. You know, it's, it's the same thing. The board, people don't like the manager. It's just a nightmare. And that's mm. transporting onto the pitch, isn't it, Jamie? I, I, I think the, the perfect example of kind of where Spurs have been so indecisive, I mean, the, the pursuit of Milan Skriniar kind of summed it up. 
you know, we went for that top central defender. We ended up finding out it was costing, it was going to cost too much, and we didn't want him in the end. We end up going for a champion, a young championship defender for twelve million pounds, um, who's who's just kind of not had nearly enough appearances. Who the who's manager been, didn't fancy. Who's so, been you know, City's best player, Jamie, this year. Who's, who's Diaz, win- Diaz. So they, but they had a plan. Like they knew they were they were willing to spend that sort of money. Spurs weren't, and and we've got to accept that if we're not willing to spend that sort of money, we've got to go set different targets because we've ended up with another central defender who the manager didn't want, who was a complete alternative. We need to kind of reassess where we where we want to be at, where we're, we're actually targeting and get a first target in place. So our first target was Milan Skriniar, but that obviously wasn't realistic. We weren't decisive enough. And that's obviously just one small example of where we haven't been decisive enough. And I think, but that, that kind of just shows it uh, shows where, again, we haven't just haven't been decisive enough in, in a lot of things that we do. And uh, I think that was just an example that I just thought I'd pop throw out. Jace, coming to you and uh, the club direction and uh, and everything at the moment, because I, I, I think Lee's right. If we do start actually offering up a bit of direction and a bit of purpose, you're probably going to head off quite a lot of this protest anyway, because, uh, you know, people have accused the show of not talking about the protest and not backing the protest. But like I said to uh, to people, we have we've acknowledged the protest and we've spoke about the protest, but we're the type of show that allows our listeners to make their own mind up about it. Nobody's unaware about uh, of it, so we say here it is. Here's the protest about the club's direction and everything, but. You know, it, it, there was absolutely nothing yesterday about this European Super League. It was just about get some more money, like spent and da 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 da. da. But that's that's what I'm saying. If the club offer up a bit of direction, a bit of DNA, a bit of this is what we're looking to do, it heads off a lot of that, doesn't it? Just give us a, a route map, if you like, to to quote quote a current government. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, I didn't see all the flack that the the podcast itself took for for not taking a side. But what you have to bear in mind, there's Ricky, there's you, there's Jamie, there's Lee, there's me, there's John. And we all have slightly differing views. So, hmm. you know, to, to come as one as a podcast means that five of us don't agree with the line of the podcast then. So that, that rather defeats you in the same way that you know, at the, the, the time of Jose's manager, I'm sitting there saying I don't want him anywhere near my football club and and and, and Chris and Ricky are, are, you know, over the moon and jumping for joy. And and I got called out for negativity then and, and now they're getting called out for being too positive. That, that's the way it is. But, mm. you know, the, the, the protesting, for me, I think it partly goes back to what Lee says, just, just this whole Levy out thing. We need... I totally agree that we we need a change. We need a change in the direction the football club's going in. Either he has to change, or or we need a new ownership. But Levy out doesn't solve where we're trying to go because I've said it so many times that the likelihood is it's a Chinese, it's an Arabic, it's an American investment group that come in and their purpose will be to make money from the business just the same. They're not going to make us pay the cheapest season tickets. They're not going to get rid of the red AAI off the shirt. They're not going to suddenly go and spend 450 million in a transfer window and, and sign, you know, just about every player under the sun. So there will still be a number of the issues that I think we, 
we, we're, we're not happy with from this group will still be there. Now, and, and we've seen so many change of ownerships at so many football clubs go drastically wrong. Now, I, I take it just because it's gone wrong somewhere else isn't, isn't right that we don't do it. But for me, there's a hell of a lot more that has to happen to the football club other than just Levy out. And, you know, in, in terms of the Super League, and I said it to Chris Friday, that idea has not been dropped. Those six clubs still want a European Super League. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how they represent it in three years' totally. time to yes. try and get it through. Yeah. And if Daniel Levy and Enoch leave the Super uh, Tottenham tomorrow, and if, what's his name, the, the, the Spotify bloke Bose Arsenal, and if um, the Glazers leave Man United, then Mr Eck and the new Tottenham owner and the new Manchester United owner will still want to go into the European Super League with Real Madrid's and Juventus's. They will not want to be left at home with Burnley and Wigan Athletic and Shrewsbury Town. It's as simple as that. So, you know, getting rid of Daniel Levy is not going to solve all these issues at all. And, and that's where I've always, and I've always been consistent in it, haven't I, boys? And I've taken flat for saying it. Always. I'm in favour of removing Daniel, or, or Daniel Levy standing down. But I want to know what direction the club's going to go in. And I, we won't get the Venkies and we won't get, we won't get the, you know, some of these crackpot owners. I'm sure we won't. But that does not mean to say that we will get a Sheikh Mansour yeah. or a Roman Abramovich that's going to put the whole football club at the focus of it. And, you know, lots of people talk about Liverpool's ownership. Remember, they sold to Hicks and Gillette that almost bankrupt the club. And it was only then that they got the JJ Henrys. So, you know, we have those problems. Look at the... Who, who by the way, the, wants the, to go the down the that's happened at, <laughs> Yeah, look at the carnage that's happened at Birmingham's and West Brom's and... Blackpools and Charlton Blackpool. and, I mean, Blackpool. and Sheffield Wednesdays and things like that. So, I mean, how many how many different ownerships did Leeds have before they got back into the Premier League? Randy Lerner took over Villa, took them down. Look at the Sunderland nutcase. Look how popular Mike Ashley's been. So, you know, it just shows you that it's not just a case of Levy out. I'm, I want Daniel Levy to change the direction of the football club by, by him changing or him standing down. And I would love Enoch to be replaced by... A, a, a group that has Tottenham Hotspur's real on-the-pitch success as its interest. But that's a lot harder to find than just simply saying, leave it out with no idea what's coming in behind it. Well, I'm very sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if this isn't jumping up and down with a flare in Tottenham High Road. But you know what? I'm going to make no apology for the approach that this show takes and has always taken of offering up some measured opinion and discussing the issues and then letting you decide for yourself. So uh, that's that's brilliant. Listen, before we go to the break, uh, I did have one further question in, um, which I really, really want to put to you all. And I, I think it's a, a, a fantastic question. Um, at Cornwall 8, do we think Skip's form will transfer to the Prem? And I think that sort of throws out a bigger question of that step up from the Championship to the Premier League. Now, Skip, as we all know, has absolutely torn it up for Norwich this season. But that's a huge step up from the from the championship. If he to the if Premier he stays League. at Norwich, if he stays at Norwich, probably yes. If he comes back with Spurs, he'd probably be, be Spurs, wouldn't he? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was gonna say 
and, and no disrespect, no disrespect to Skippy, but I think one of the reasons he's torn it up for Norwich is that Tottenham fans keep hijacking the man of the match polls that Norwich have. I've mean, never watched the game at all. Yeah, we. <laughs> you know, it's it's Norwich against Rotherham, and we haven't watched it. And Norwich have won three 0 and Spurs fans vote Oliver Skipper's man of the match. That's that's part of it as well. But there, in essence, Jason, is the thing. It's Norwich versus Rotherham. Now, now put Tottenham mm. versus Man City. So that, in essence, is the question. Can, can and will Skip be able to do that? Jamie? Yeah, I, I, look, I mean, for me, the perfect example this season of how to manage a young player has been Phil Foden. I mean, you see the way that um, he's been managed by Pep Guardiola at City. I think for a number of years now, we've known that he's going to be a very big talent. But, you know, he's never really been given his opportunity and you kind of wondered why he was never really given that opportunity. And then this year, all of a sudden, he's kind of been given lots of opportunities and he's developed really well. And I think that that's something where, you know, kind of not not having that that huge expectation put on him all at once was was something where maybe, you know, Spurs need to learn from. I think with Oliver Skip coming back, we're all expecting this guy who's going to come back and save our central midfield um, and going to be a fantastic player. But I think that, yeah, definitely there needs to be some sort of managing of expectations. And I think, you know, John, um, or John Wenham, who comes on the show, uh, Lily White Rose, um, of course, he, I think he, he's always said, um, a guy who's, who's fantastic with, with knowing the youth team, um, he, he's kind of spoke about, he reckons that Oliver Skip should go out on loan to Norwich. So it just shows, I think there needs to be kind of a real, um, you know, we need to kind of bring our expectations down on him a, a little bit. I, st- I think he'll be a fantastic player, but uh I, I do think we should just kind of, we need to kind of manage our expectations on him for sure. Which kind of throws back to our last point of get the club to a point where Oliver Skip, an unproven midfielder, isn't somebody you're pinning all your yeah. hopes on yeah. and be able to dip him in and dip him out and dip him in again. Lee, for That's you with, with Skip, uh, have you seen enough of, of him this season? Or I have to honestly say, I've not really seen too much of him, so so I don't know. But it is a huge step, isn't it? It, it is a big step. I've seen I've I've seen him in parts again. I, I don't watch North City games. Uh, to, to be fair, I catch things on the highlights and whatnot. Uh, and he has, <laughs> I know it's been hijacked as Jason said, but he's he's one man in the match quite a lot of times. Uh, he's done some fantastic things down there. Um, what I would say is, you know, if you look at just our very own Harry Kane who scored an absolute blinder again today. You know, going out on loan, getting that experience in the lower leagues really does help you and develops your game. And he's only young. I think Jose Mino, no matter what we think of him, uh, from our football club, said he, he potentially is a, f- a future Tottenham Hotspur uh, captain. Um, and, I, and I'll point to some, some real live examples right now. Tammy Abraham, I know he's not getting a game anymore, but he, he went out on loan at Derby, come back into Premier League under Frank Lampard, scored goals every single week. He was scoring some really, really a lot of goals last season and obviously at the beginning of this season. Patrick Bamford um, scoring goals. You know, so he's gone out, he's come, he's down in the lower leagues and he's been down in the lower leagues a long time. I know he's Chelsea player, essentially, uh, uh, before. I don't even think, is he still on loan, actually? He might be, I don't know. But the fact is, he's been out of Middlesbrough and sat in the other, but he, he's done it in the Premier League. Um, you know, and that's a striker, and the striker is the hardest position to play, right? Score, put balls in the back of the net, it's very difficult to do. Harrison over at Leeds as well, he's done the same thing. Um, and Egan as well at Sheffield United. I know you can have a go and say, actually, they've been relegated this year, but last year was actually outstanding. So, you know, I, I think it can be done. Uh, do I think that uh, Oliver Skip is going to be our saviour and going to be the next um, Bush Getz or, you know what I mean, or the next Zavi? No, I don't. Um, but 
you know, it, again, putting too much pressure on the lad. That's where we start, you know, killing these people. It was, mm. it was only when Harry Winks, uh, you know, he had that fantastic game against Real Madrid. And I remember, Jace, you said this. Uh, we was on the Love Sport show and I think Harry, Harry Winks had played six games for us and everyone was waxing lyrical about how good this kid's going to be. He's going to be amazing. He's that fantastic, brilliant uh, England squad call-ups. And Jay said, let, give him 20 games. Give him 25 games. Let the, let him play. And what's happened? You give him a couple of seasons, now everyone wants him out of the club. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, it's, it's really important that, like, Jamie, going back to your point about managing uh, youngsters, Everybody was saying two seasons ago, Phil Foden's a real deal. Get him in, get him in. They didn't. He didn't. He didn't. And now look what what, what we're doing. So, um, look, John uh, John Venom is uh, is the man to uh, um, at Lily White Rose is man to talk about the youth. But what I would say is that if we're bringing him back in and he's going to be a first team first name on a team sheet, you know, at Tottenham. No, I don't think that's the right thing for his career development. And I don't think that's the right thing for Spurs because we all pin our hopes on him. But can he come back to the Premier League and do the business? Mm. Yeah, I think he can. I think he's got the ability to do it. Well, I think that the other example as well is Troy Parrott. He's obviously gone out on loan this year. And I think, you know, there was so much hype around him. Everyone was watching all the youth games. Suddenly everyone was really interested in watching the Youth Champions League to watch Troy Parrott. You know, he's gone out this year and he's had a very difficult year out on loan. I think he was... Uh, he was at Millwall and then I think he moved to Ipswich and he's only scored two goals, but he's, he's not played a lot of football. And then all of a sudden people are completely writing him off. And, and it comes down to that expectation thing again. And it's really, really important that we kind of manage ourselves in that. Because, you know, now we've, we've built our expectations up so high for Troy Parrott and suddenly he's had a difficult year at, what, 19 years, 19 years of age and then everyone's writing him off. So um, for sure, it's something to definitely look out for in terms of manager expectations. But he's one I think we certainly can get excited about. I do think he will be a top player, but again, it's I just really hope that the fans kind of, you know, will give him time because he's, mm. you know, Oliver Skip's 19 years old and uh, he's not played, he's hardly played any Premier League football. So I think it's it's about, again, managing expectations for sure. It's it's looking at his game time, isn't it? It's, it's you play him at home to Burnley and at home to Sheffield United and, and at home to Brighton and things where, where you can give Hoiberg a bit of a rest. You, you don't actually say it's, it's, Manchester City away, so I want Skippy to play. And and hopefully there's enough opportunity there for him to get game time. But but you're right, Lee, I've, I've always looked at it with with young players. And we, funnily enough, we talked about it, about Reggion in the, the group today. When they first come into the team, you see all the benefits they bring to the team. And Harry Winks is a prime example in, in the same way that we, we saw everything that Winksy did. And, and over those first 20, 30 games, it's, oh, this is fantastic what he does, what he does. Jafet Tanganga has struggled to develop in the way that we wanted to. But the, you, you reach that stage after 30 games where you think, actually, I know he does that, but you, you kind of expect him to do that. Can he produce that 30-yard through pass? Can he do this? And Wilson Palacios was, was that holding midfield player that was charging around the pitch, winning balls, and we absolutely loved it. And then halfway through, we suddenly thought, but he gives away a hell of a lot of fouls, and actually he can't pass the ball very well. And Reggie on for me this season, we start the season off, we, we've used to have Ben Davis at left-back, suddenly we've got this marauding left-back who's charging forward, hitting a cross for Lamella against Chelsea in a cup time. We think, oh, this is what we want to see. And we reach the half point of the season and then see, actually, when people run at him or in his positional sense as a left back, he's all over the place. And you start to see the weaknesses once you you, you think, well, I, I expect him to cross that onto Harry's head. Like I think Fulham was another game, didn't he, where he crossed for, for Kane's header or something in the, the game. We expect that. 
now what now what else have you got? oh he hasn't got this and he can't do that and that's the problem you, you see the positives in players early and we react and we call winks was it winksy esther and things like that because he has a few good games but but um and jaffet tangang is another one I, I liked what i saw from jaffet but when you think about it the, the the debut against liverpool that he made and then i think he did we play we played we played Middlesbrough or something on the Wednesday night, didn't we? The replay where he had an outstanding yeah, game, yeah, Jaffet. Yeah, Has he actually looked any better in any games since then than he did when he first came in for those two games? And that's that's not necessarily me knocking at Jaffet because he's had injury problems. But I would actually say Jaffet has made no no real progress in the 18 months since we first saw him. And that's that's been a little bit disappointing that he hasn't actually come in and nailed something down and he hasn't got more games. Is and maybe that is partly injury, but, you know... That's Jeff the okie on the defence, isn't it? That's yeah, exactly. Like you're you're exactly. in one week and you're out the other week, do you know what I mean? But like yeah, you exactly. said, a combination of lots of things. Like I said, I, I saw lots of Jaffa. I did like today, but, um, you know, let's be honest, he had a really... Was it, was it Newcastle? He had a really poor game. Was it Newcastle he played? But a poor game at right back? I think it was the Newcastle 2-2 game, wasn't it? Yeah, Where Jaffet yeah. was all over the place. Yeah. And, and funnily enough, just after that Liverpool game, he, I think he had a really poor game at Watford. In a, in a, did, he, did he end up getting himself sent off or something at Watford? Or I, I can't remember what happened there, but he had a really poor game that day. So, you know, just be careful with youngsters. Don't, mm. don't brand them as the next one of this and the next one of that. Let them get yeah. to 40, 50 Premier League games. See the, see the benefits of them. See the weaknesses. And then, because if Oliver Skip has 20 good games for us and then he's thrown in against Arsenal and it's a back pass straight to Alabama Young that ends in our net, we will be going mad at him. And that's mm. the problem with it. Yeah, yeah, that, no, you're absolutely spot on. At Cornwall 8, thank you very much for that question because I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, just to see like those players' development and and the pressures and expectations on them as well, it, it really is. But like I said, you need that squad and you need that team around you to be able to dip in and dip out and dip in and dip out. So uh, let's hope we get to that point. You need almost what's happened, as been said, with Phil Foden at Man City and no expectation and let them just develop and, and become the players that we, we hope they will. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to take another break and get ourselves a preview of the upcoming Aston Villa game. And then we'll be back with the panel's views on that game. Two to go now, everybody. Two to go. And you're you're free to go until the summer. It's your summer holidays, all right? So uh, don't go anywhere and we'll be back to uh, preview Villa. This is your public service announcement that you've all been waiting for. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SPURS at manscaped.com. The lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off, which needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customise your trim all over through additional guard lengths sizes 1 to 4, and looks-wise, it's sleek with a two-toned matte and gloss finish, even with a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. Show that mower off loud and proud. The optimised lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof, so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. Get 20% off 
and free shipping with the code SPURS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code SPURS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. 44T.com is the home of iconic football moments embroidered on a t-shirt. They've got Lucas v Ajax, Kane's Mars celebration and Gaza v Arsenal in 91, plus loads more. Whether it be for Father's Day next month or an upcoming birthday, this is the perfect gift for a football fan. Get 15% off yours right now by applying the discount code LASTWORD. That's 15% off by applying the discount code LASTWORD at 44T.com. Very well done. Two new win and a convincing win. Just what we needed. Yeah, no, we played really well today. Uh, I think from start to finish, we controlled the game. Uh, we lim- limited them to a few chances and um, obviously a couple of goals for ourselves. So overall, a great performance, great clean sheet. Uh, and it sets us up nicely for a busy week. We played so well. I mean, first off, he must have been thinking, here we go. I mean, because we have two cleared off the line in about five seconds, and then a few seconds later you're through and you finish it, and that first goal sets us on the way, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it's important. Obviously, just before half-time as well, you're going into into the break with a real good feeling, real good momentum, uh, and that's what we've done. And I thought we come out second half with a real intensity again to try and get the second and the third. Uh, obviously, we had a couple off the post in the, in the second half, but... Uh, it was nice to get that second one, and then from there, I thought we controlled the game well. Yeah, play some lovely stuff up front. I mean, Del, Del Boyd back in, back in the side playing well, and uh, it's good to see him back in it, Harry. No, absolutely. He's been great. Uh, he's been ready for his opportunity again, and he's been working hard behind the scenes at the training ground in the gym. Um, and like I say, he's, he's looking very good, um, and that's what we need. We need everyone playing at, at their highest level. Uh, to see see how high we can finish come the end of the season. So I must ask you, what's it like being uh, being coached by your uh, your one of your great friends and former teammates here? It must be. Uh... I mean, it must be fantastic. Yeah, no, it's great. I'm, like I said when he first got the job, I'm really excited for him. And I think he's been brilliant. He's taken it on really, really well. Uh, it's not an easy easy thing to do to come in without any experience and, and take the team and take the training and take the meetings. Uh, and he's handled that, that stuff uh, really, really well. And he's got us playing some great football. So, um, yeah, we want to win. As, I want to win as much as I can for him. Uh, and hopefully we can finish with two more. Yeah, two, no, two more games, two more wins. That's what we look at here. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Obviously, that's all we can control. We can't control the other teams around us. So, um, if we win the the final two, obviously, it's probably looking about that fifth or sixth spot, but that's all we can do. Uh, We go into Wednesday now with a bit of confidence. Hello, last word on Spurs fans. Cole here from the 7500 to Holt website and Holtcast podcast. Just to give you a little bit of an opposition glimpse ahead of Wednesday's game, uh, Villa v Spurs, of course, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, It's going to be an interesting one, I guess, for both sides in different ways. Of course, Spurs just beating Wolves, of course, on Sunday um, 2-0, which leads them to be one point behind Liverpool in fifth, and I believe five points behind Chelsea in fourth for that final Champions League spot. So, nevertheless, Either position, you're looking for European competition as per usual for next season. Of course, Spurs' season hasn't gone um, 
as to planning, and we all know that, and what's happened with Mourinho and Ryan Mason taking over and all that kind of stuff. And then, really, you look at my perspective with Villa. Uh, we're more than safe. We're comfortably in 11th spot on 49 points. Um, Wolves are four points below us, and I believe um, Leeds around three or four points um, above us. I'm not looking at the table right now, but I believe that's correct from memory. Um, so we're kind of in a dead rubber right now. Nothing really to play for, but it's been a, a fantastic season, kind of overall uh, fantastic start, uh, frustrating kind of Christmas period um, that had a little bit of promise at the end. And then unfortunately, it's just kind of went into, um, I wouldn't say a tailspin, but um, Jack Grealish was out for roughly 12 or 13 games, I think it was. Um, getting a few wins and clean sheets here and there to get us a little bit up the table, but the European hopes were basically all but gone as soon as uh, our best player in Jack Grealish was out of the side, which is unfortunate. Now he's just coming back into fitness. He featured for about 15 or so uh, minutes um, prior to the Palace game, of course, and then he on the Palace game uh, during, I should say, he featured for about 25 uh, plus added time. So it's good to see him get some minutes back under his belt. He should probably be starting for at least 45 minutes or featuring, I should say, um, during the Spurs game, if not starting. So it'll be interesting to see what that happens there. But to really run you through our potential lineup, we're looking at Emmy Martinez in goal, left back with Matty Cash. Uh, central pairing will most likely be Tyrone Mings and Ezri Konza if Tyrone Mings um, is back. He missed the uh, Palace game with a knock from the previous game, of course, against Everton. Uh, and then you're looking at probably uh, El Mahamdi, at right back, unfortunately, it looks like it's curtains for the season for Matty Cash, who's had a, a great debut season in the Premier League, uh, picked up an injury against Everton as well. Um, I don't think we have the uh, details on that injury as of yet, but he's probably written off there. Uh, Midfield-wise, we're still missing that ever-needed uh, defensive midfielder, so it'll most likely be uh, Dougie Louise sitting in the hole with uh, John McGinn, and I would assume probably either Ross Barkley or Jacob Ramsey in the um, pivot next to him. Um, it, it's an interesting one in our midfield, and it's probably the biggest kind of gripe and issue for most Villa fans this season. Um, we just we need a defensive presence that can really intercept balls and can essentially hold out when we need to hold out on certain games. We saw that against Palace. We just fell apart, probably our worst second half in months. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's a change there, but I'm assuming Dean Smith won't change that as he doesn't typically. Then you're going to go out wide, most likely. I'll probably say Jack Grealish starts. I would assume he would be to kind of gear him up for the Euros, get him back into full action. Um, on the right, you'll probably look at uh, probably Bertrand Traore, um, or it could be Onward Al Ghazi. It's hard to say Al Ghazi scored against Palace, so there's always that as well, but we'll have to wait and see. And then Ollie Watkins, the ever present Ollie Watkins. Up front, so it, it, you're looking at basically a four-one-four-one that essentially merges into a four-three-three. Um, that you could also say merges into a four. 4-2-3-1. It's kind of all over the place, to be honest, but it, it does its job on the given day. Um, but yeah, really, aside from that, it's a tough one from Villa when you're looking at it. We have nothing to play for except for maybe hitting the 50-point mark, which we haven't in 10 or so years, I do believe so, um, from just thinking in general memory. 
and being this comfortable has also maybe put a little bit of complacency in our minds with nothing to play for. Chelsea in the final day as well. I guess there's always that perspective of maybe Villa will be looking to kind of play the spoiler, ruin it for either Chelsea or for Spurs and somehow. But anyways, um, I'm going to probably go with a, you know what, I will go with a 2-1 uh, Spurs win, unfortunately. Um, I, I just can't really see us getting anything out of this game, and you guys are playing for keeps at this point, so that's what I expect, but you never know with me saying that. It's probably going to be nil-nil or something like that, because that's what it seems to happen when I make predictions, but anyways... Thank you to the last word on Spurs, guys, for having me on. Of course, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at TalkAstonVille. You can also tweet uh, the 7500 to Holt team as well, at 7500 to Holt. But anyways, I'll leave it there. And yeah, thank you very much. And we are back. Thank you so much for that Aston Villa preview. So coming up on Wednesday night, 6 p.m. kickoff uh, with fans fans back in the stadium and we all saw from the FA Cup final yesterday just what a difference that makes and you know what sometimes there's things a little bit more important than football and to see fans back in the stadium even Chelsea fans as much as we don't like them just to see fans there was just Incredible, and like, it was priceless I, to see him celebrating, though, wasn't it? Oh, and then, oh, then have that jaw listen, drop moment when Var called it off. <laughs> if if you've not been across the social medias, go and have a little look because there's a few videos out there of Chelsea fans jumping up and down and going absolutely bananas when they equalised. And then he gets ruled offside and it's just absolutely crestfallen because that's the whole thing of being a football fan. Love your team, but the schadenfreude of other teams absolutely getting it in the barrel is just fantastic as well. So that was that was just great. But look, the whole thing of having fans back in the stadium, as we will on Wednesday night, is absolutely welcome relief. So, uh, yes, Tottenham versus Villa. I'm coming to you first, Jamie. And I get the feeling, although they've lost a the day to Palace, mm. Villa's going to offer up a little bit more than Wolves. And yeah. if we do want that Europa League place, it's, it's a must win, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I think this will be a really interesting game. Um, as I said at the start of the show, I, I, I'm really, really looking forward to these last two games just because I, I want us to get that Europa League spot. I want us to kind of at least have that. I think that it was really disappointing how we did in that competition this year. Um, and I'd like to see us give a definitely give a better account of ourselves in, in, in next season's competition if we get there. So I really want to see us do, uh, get the hopefully six points and, and finish in that sixth place spot at least. Um, but no, as I said, I think the Villa game will be very interesting because I think at the start of the season, they looked like a really good team and they looked like they would be, you know, maybe competing up with, you know, up there for, for a European spot. But they've really fallen off over recent weeks. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they, uh, what kind of threat they pose us. But um, I, I've looked at kind of the, you know, the, the, the games that we have won under Ryan Mason and you see where, you know, we, we have faced, I think, where we've beaten Southampton, uh, we beat Sheffield United and we beat Wolves. I think we've beaten three very low quality teams. No, you know, no, I'm sorry to say that to them. Um, but as soon as we came up against a side, as I said, that was very well drilled in Leeds United, we had real problems. So um, I, I'm interested to see how we get on against Villa. As I said, they have dropped off, but they are still a team that 
that that you can see the way they play. They are a good team. They've got some good players. Um, and as as we all know, typically in in real Spurs fashion, Jack Grealish looks like he'll be uh, fully fit to start for that one, having missed like the last fifteen or so games. So um, him being back will be interesting. But uh, no, I think in front of fans, and we've always looked good at, at home. I don't I don't know quite why um, we have just looked better um, at home. Uh, maybe because we face the three poor teams at home. Um, but no, I, th- I, I think that's a game we, we still will have enough in the tank to, to kind of get over the line. And uh, as I said, uh, as much as it's been a really difficult last couple of weeks, I think hopefully we can end the season on some sort of high, but at least securing that sixth place spot at least, which which feels horrible to say, because I think at the start of the season, we we're hoping for a lot more. But, you know, I, I want to see us playing in the Europa League at least and get, uh, giving a better account of ourselves next season. Yeah, yeah, Jason. For you, uh, the the Villa game, and uh, like like we said, I think they're going to offer up a little bit more. Thank the Lord that Anthony Costa isn't here this evening because he'll be talking about Jack Grealish getting a hat trick on Wednesday night because he's now back, back, back after fifteen games out. But um, I, I just I, I I kind of think that if we apply a little bit of what we've done today. We can get over the line on Wednesday night, can't we? And, and just try and get some positives out of this season. I think Jamie's right. I think Villa will pose a, a, a stiffer test for us, but I would. I still think we should have too much. We 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 got a good win there, um, albeit in a scrappy performance. But we deserve to win the game at Villa. Mm. But Grealish coming back does does make a difference to them. I think Ollie Watkins has had a. Had a really good season for them up front, albeit that actually he hasn't actually scored in that many games. I think, you know, I forget how many goals Ollie Watkins has got, 12 or 13, but bear in mind he's, he's got a hat-trick and a couple of braces, then he's probably only scored in six or seven Premier League games type of thing. So, but his, his work rate and that, and he's a player I've, I do like, Watkins. Um, but I do expect, I think it is massive for us if we are to get that Europa League because... I don't think we will get a result at Leicester next Sunday. I think the the impact of supporters, the, the fact that Leicester will need a result for Champions League football, the fact that they'll be in that party mood by by having you know being able to parade a trophy round. There'll be no away support. It will be all the Tottenham Hotspur. We're still waiting for you, Jamie Vardy's one more than you. There'll be all of that going on. So I think it'll be a really difficult game for us at Leicester. So if we are going to get Europa League football, we simply have to beat Aston Villa. Um, we know what we're like in big games when we absolutely have to win and we play a half-decent side. So, you know, from, from the moment we had Arsenal and Zagreb and Man United and, and you know, Manchester City and, and Leeds last week, our, our record in these must-win games against half-decent opposition is, is shocking, absolutely shocking. But I hope that they've been buoyed with a little bit of confidence Um and I do expect us with in front of our supporters. I think our supporters, it's a strange one to know whether there'll be that party atmosphere of finally we're back in the ground. Um, and I think unlike the, the, the Arsenal game where there was only 2,000, 10,000 is a bigger, bigger thing. And I think there is a feeling that we are getting towards the end of the COVID thing, whereas perhaps in December we were still looking at it thinking, blimey, we won't be here again next week. So hopefully there's that celebratory feel. But if we were to go a goal behind... I think the mood of our supporters, it could quickly turn quite toxic in there. So it'll be, I think it's definitely one we want to take the lead in and then hopefully get them to build on that and get the confidence. But I, I, I do expect us to beat Villa. I think it'll be a, 
a tricky game. I'll go for a, a 2-1 win to, to Spurs on Wednesday night. Excellent. Yes, yes. Spot on. And you know what? For all what's going on around the club at the moment and the protests, I think the moment the whistle blows, you have just got to get behind the team and and hope for the best. And, and, and just listen, like I said, get behind them and, and, and hope we get over the line. Lee, for you. Versus versus Villa, I think Jason makes some great points there with the dynamic changing with some fans in, in the stadium. Totally. Yeah, I, I agree with the guys. Uh, I think that um, you know, Aston Villa are funny, a, a funny one. Uh, they, I, I suppose for me and probably lots of Spurs fans, I hold, uh, hold dear because I think Maurizio Procino would have probably been fired if we didn't win that Villa game when Kane scored, by the way, the only free kick that he's ever scored for Tottenham. No offence, Harry. Um, and, you know, that, that Villa is, I think, for a long period of time, Tottenham and Villa were kind of similar in, in, in club's status. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're top six side, really, for the, for the top to, top league, like an Everton, a Tottenham and a Villa. Um, but you look at our recent meetings, uh, they, they haven't, I'm sorry to put a jinx on it, right? But I, I'm going to start seeing, saluting magpies and whatever all week now because we haven't lost to them in the last five meetings. 3-1, we beat them. 2-0, 3-1, 3-2, 2-0. Um, their actual form guide as well, they've only won one of their last five Premier League games, um, drawing to Everton and uh, and uh, and uh, drawing to West Brom, losing to Crystal Palace today. Uh, I think that's been in and out because of Jack Grealish. And for those of you, obviously, you can't see me, listeners, but I'm sporting a bit of Jack Grealish hair tonight, today with, with my band in. Um, so I think with the fans coming back as well, the play, the way that we're playing I, and being at home, I, I think that's a key thing for us as well. I fully expect us to win the football match. I don't see it being a problem for us at all, if I'm honest. I don't want to be too overconfident, but Villa don't give away a lot of goals, actually. So they're quite, you know, they don't, they, they're only conceding, you know, 1.3 or whatever a game. Um, so I think we'd have to score early. And if we score early and get in front, I, I don't think that, that they'll cause us a problem. Uh, to be fair, so I'm I'm full expecting. I think we'll win three uh, one, personally, and and I also just want to quickly add, if I may, it's just slightly like out of out of Villa. I I, I put a tweet out earlier uh, that uh, we were on the show, and um, I said that I was going to come up with something a little bit left field. And for those of you who've listened to the whole show so far, you probably thought that was the Gareth Southgate thing. It actually wasn't at all. I've put no intention or want to have Gareth Southgate as my manager. Um. My left field is and uh, is is to to appoint a, a you know a completely different type of manager. Um, Tottenham, correct me if I'm wrong, you lads, but Tottenham are, are, are a club for first, aren't we? Are, you know, it is um, uh, to dare is to do to be brave to go out, and sometimes that's not just about um, football. It's not just about playing the style of play is, is to dare is to do. Sometimes it's making things different. Um, was we or was we not the first non-league club to win an FA Cup, for example, a, a first? And um, was we also not the first English club to win a European trophy? Again, a first. And was we not the first club ever to uh, to build a world-class football stadium, soccer stadium? I, I, think, I think we are. So I think a little bit left field, but the person that I'm going to put forward or, or I would like to see and, and I'll be very, very happy to see manage our football club is Emma Hayes, um, the first English uh, w- a woman manager to manage a football 
a men's football team. She's currently managing the Chelsea women's team in the Champions League final. And to be fair to the team, they've got off to a shocker because they're 1-0 down after a minute. And we all know about that, don't we, Spurs fans, uh, only two years ago. But her record is absolutely outstanding. Um, she is the Pep Guardiola of English fo- of, of women's football, um, having won um, four Super Leagues, two FA Cups, two League Cups. She's in the Champions League final right now. And I can't, you know, somebody who plays, she's forward-thinking uh, manager. She plays on the front foot. She's a transformational manager. She is a winner. I think she's an absolute fantastic candidate to be Tottenham Hotspur manager. And and I would just like to understand where your thought process would be on that. Or of course the listeners, I might put it out on a Twitter poll. I do like a Twitter poll, but it would be, it would be left field because it would be the first time ever a woman has managed in the, in, in the men's game in the men's premier league. But I couldn't see a reason why she wouldn't be an amazing candidate for the Tottenham Hotspur manager's job. That is that is well, well left field. And do you know what, Lee? Uh, listen, I'm never, ever been against women doing any job, any role, anything. And do you know, I think it came, comes down to like a domestic home issue where me and my wife are not mum and dad, we're parents. And uh, quite often... Like my wife might be painting a wall while I'm cooking a dinner and we completely, completely break down those walls of those gender assigned roles. So like in this house, listen, I'm, I'm all for, I'm all for that. Whether, uh, whether a female manager is ready to go in at the premier level, premier league level, I don't know. I think I think maybe there's there, there's some scope for a, a, a female manager to come in at the lower leagues and maybe at non-league. Da 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 da. I don't know whether that's just too big a jump in in one go. But I tell you what, it's it's a fair shout because she is she is an absolutely fantastic manager. She really is. She's amazing. And and also just to add, you know, I've seen her a few times on Sky. I've watched a load of interviews with her. Um and, and I know and I know yeah, yeah. And and I know um, you know, she's Chelsea and she's you know, she used to play for Arsenal as well. That might be two reasons to to rule her out straight away, you know, from a club allegiance perspective. But she the way she thinks about the game, the way she talks about the game, you know, and and, and actually sets her teams up at I just can honestly. I think she's an absolutely outstanding candidate for 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 Tottenham Hotspur, and I'm not saying it just for any other reason other than I think she's a really good candidate, and she should be considered, in my opinion. If I was part of the board, I would be throwing a, a name in the ring to say, "Let's go and have a chat with Emma, Emma Hayes," because I think she could take us places. Chaps, I'll throw it over to you. I've had my say on it. Um, it's a it's a difficult one. It's it's a, I think it's a very interesting suggestion, and, and maybe it is one worth considering because she has done an absolutely fantastic job, at, you know, with the Chelsea women's team. As, he, as you said, she's in the Champions League final with them. Did they win? They won the league this year. Am I, am I right in saying that? I, th- I think that's right. Yeah. So you know, she has, and, and Chelsea women obviously have been, you know, they really have been massive in in kind of the women's game. They're really dominated. So um, maybe she is. I I, I, might, I might agree with Richard in saying maybe it's 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 kind of maybe too early to just kind of throw it straight in there. Um, and maybe, maybe you'd be better off starting at maybe a lower level just to kind of 
you know, test the waters out. But I, I don't, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't work. She's done a fantastic job managing mm. um, a football team. She's obviously, yeah. So maybe, Do you maybe know what? I one think one. Jamie's if, right. If Ryan, in Ryan Mason, with all due respect, if if Ryan Mason can take over our fantastic football well, club exactly. as an interim manager, then you know what I mean. Like it, exactly. it, it makes no odds. If, if Emma Hayes's name was a Eamon Hayes, you know what I mean. And, she, <laughs> and I done. think that I think and, I'm and with the, Jamie in the listen. Um, I think there there may be that Emma Hayes is ready for football, for men's football, Premier League football, but I don't know whether Premier League football is ready for a woman manager. And that's two very, very different things. Yeah. Because there'll just be so many obstacles to overcome. And I think there's just so many uh like bullshit barriers if you like sorry to swear people where people go well you can't have a woman doing that yes you can have a woman doing that but there'd be such a weight of people saying you can't have a woman doing that but it almost bog her down to not be able to do her job do you see where I'm coming from with that but she is ready but but the other side isn't ready for that to happen and it needs to build up to it. So, uh, no, listen, Lee, I absolutely get, get your thinking and I don't care what colour you are, what gender you are, what sexuality you are, whatever mm. you are, if you're good at it, go and do it. But it's Although just they're that now 2-0 way... down in the Champions League final. <laughs> <laughs> just want to add that bit in as well. So it's a shame, but Emma Hayes out. Hayes out. Hayes out. Two nil down. Fourteen minutes in. It's cooler for her out already. Jace, for you, that 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 the the idea the idea of that. Uh, well, I, I must admit, it's certainly left field. Um, Would be interesting to see what she would want, regardless, be it Tottenham, whether she was a winning to, I don't know, to, to Rotherham or Crystal Palace or Bournemouth or something like that. What would be interesting is the dynamic of, of what the coaching background that she brings. So, you know, is she the, I, I don't know enough about Chelsea women, but not, not just in the front, who's her assistant manager, who's her senior coach, who's her goalkeeping coach. And are you, are, would you be then be bringing in actually four women as a whole coaching unit to a club rather than just Emma Hayes as the figurehead. And I think, you know, whether the Premier League and a, and a, and a club is ready for a complete link, but as I say, it may well be that Chelsea, she's the only woman there and that the, the rest of the coaching staff are, are male. But I think it would be a, would be a difficult one. I, I don't see it happening certainly until it's been proven in, in the lower league, but you know, you're right. There's, there's no reason I've, I've said it myself, you know, we, we went, Margaret Thatcher was our first woman prime minister and everyone said you can't have a woman lead in the country and there's no bigger job in the country than being prime minister. And uh, and she did that. So <laughs> Crackers probably think she did a different job to the one that I <laughs> did. So we, we won't go down judging that, but, but um, I'd have sooner had her than Jimmy Knapp running it, mate. But, <laughs> um, uh, but as I say, it's, it's interesting to know what, what the background is. And then I think, Definitely, you'd then meet the, um, I think the media scrutiny on her in a high pressure job will be absolutely huge. And and you're right, I think, I'm not so sure the Premier League is ready in just the same way that that we all know the, the Premier League must have several gay footballers. And yet, 
nobody's ready to come out and, and take mm. that step because probably football's not ready for that rather than um, <laughs> rather than um, they are. So it's, it's a tough one to, to see happening. I think, that, but there will be the step, certainly, I think at some stage where a League One club or a League Two club does go down the route of, of giving a, a, a woman the chance to lead the football club. And it may be, when, I, when, I, when it comes, I hope it's for the right reasons, not that it's a club hoping to gain publicity and, and mm. score brownie points from doing it. I hope that mm. if, if it comes to whoever, that she is the number one candidate or whoever that, that lady manager is, and that she gets the jobs on merit rather than a club thinking, like, who was, who was the club that did burger-free you know, vegan free food or something, you know, that yeah, things yeah. like that. I As, hope it's uh, not one of those. Was it, was it Forest Cheltenham? Green or yeah, something? Forest, yeah, Forest, Forest Green, Green down, in, down something. in Cheltenham, wasn't yeah. it? That, that, that yeah, way, you yeah. Know, give, we'll get, give, yeah. The lady, give the lady the job if she's the best candidate for it. And, yeah. and you judge her on the job that she's doing, not thinking that, particularly at the lower leagues, that that will give us a little bit of extra publicity and sponsorship. And, and you give her six or seven games and then chuck her straight out in the dustbin as soon as she has one or two bad results well i think i think a couple of things on that i mean dale who owns forest green rovers is a vegan and uh, that club is completely self-sustainable from the environment um and that is, yeah, one, okay. of core, that is one of their core whys mm. that is one of their core key purposes it's not just about finding a vegan burger out there it is basically they are they are running a core sustainable club the second thing on that, I'm looking at some. I'm, I'm looking at the next permanent Tottenham manager odds, right? Just uh, just on here at the moment. Simone Inzaghi, Scott Parker. Well, Scott Parker ain't won anything. Uh, Grand Potter, he ain't won anything. Uh, um, uh, Santos uh, uh, Nuno, he, he ain't won anything. Roberto Martinez, you know, club. <laughs> the uh, he ain't won anything at club level. Um, and uh, even the FA Cup. Look, Oh, oh, Martinez, sorry, he did, yeah, for Wigan, yeah, forgive me. So so I'm looking at all them, and I'm looking at Emma Hayes' record, and I'm going, well, she's won four Premier Leagues, right, or uh, WSLs. She's won two FA Cups, two League Cups in the Champions League final. Actually, when you put them up against them them guys, mm. talk to me, yeah. right? No, at the end of the day, yeah. that's what yeah. I'm saying. You're, you're, I'm, you're I'm saying it. You're telling it's not about publicity, it's about making sure that you're getting the right person in. That's yeah. what you're I'm saying. Yeah. You're telling me she's a serial trophy winner from Chelsea. Yeah, that that also could be a problem. Oh, too shame, Mr. McGovern. It's a good shout. Perhaps you better not mention that, Lee. Perhaps you better not mention that. No, she's not. Trophies might not be coming. To be fair, and 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 by the way, like I feel bad now because they're now three 0 down in the Champions League final against Barcelona. So he's out. He's out. Crazy cranes come back again. Yeah, the crazy crane. The crazy crane, mate. Not the crazy train. I told you it snaps. All right, listen. Chaps, uh, listen, Lee, I love that. I love that thinking. I love that debate. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people on social media giving their thoughts on you on that. But you know what? Let's all hope for one day that an openly gay footballer can be open, as I say, openly gay, and a woman can come and manage a football team and, you know, Asian players and everything else. If we get to that point in football where, you know, a player can be gay and a woman can manage a man's team and Asian players can play and there's none of that, then that's, that's the target in it. That's the hope. That's where we really want football to be for, for everybody. But listen, that's, that's a great, it's a great shout. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing 
people's view. Well, I say I'm looking forward to people's views. I've seen some of the replies that things get on social media, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to the sensible, rational, sane people giving their thoughts on that. Everybody else can just get in the bin because they are out there, sadly. But maybe one day they disappear and we do get a woman manager and we do get an openly gay footballer. You know where I'm going. Uh, we might even get a trophy, mate. We, yeah, we may even get a trophy. Which comes first, the female manager or the trophy? Place your bets now, people. Jason, thank you so much uh, for this evening. Brilliant as ever. No problem, mate. And the other big wish is that as the summer ahead, that Jamie manages to get a transfer story right as well. <laughs> Jason, uh, J- Jamie, you're right to reply on that, and thank you for the for this evening. Well, there you go. Sorry. Um, yeah, look, I, won't, I promise you, I won't be doing any uh, any stories from GhanaSoccer.net. I can uh, assure you, um, Andre Ayu will not Andre Ayu will not be in link with uh, with Spurs this <laughs> summer. I can confirm. Um, but no, no, obviously, really good show. Um, you know, great to be speaking out a win finally. A lot of negativity, so. Uh, you know, nice to finally speak about a win, and yeah, all good. Absolutely, and uh, Mr. McQueen, uh, Mr. McQueen, in his in his crazy crane or his tra- crazy queen, I think it was earlier. Uh, as I ever, I said, mate, it's been a, lot, it's a long one. <laughs> thank you very, thank you very much. And listen, what a great debating point that was. I absolutely loved that because it gets people thinking, it gets people talking, and is that not what football's all about? It's about selecting, we talk about the recruitment and the best recruitment, whatever, it's about selecting the best possible people uh, to take your club forward or your business forward or your team forward or whatever it might be. Um, and, you know, all people should be considered if they if they are the best possible people. Simple as that. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what, um, if they've managed it or not. You know, the best, my best bosses that I've worked for have all been women every single time they've been absolutely outstanding i'm very very proud of that so look fair enough i mean she's not having a great time tonight is she in, in terms of champions league final but uh be- best of luck to her and yeah love love the show nice one lads uh really good to get a win uh thanks ever so much listeners for uh for, for having us again and uh um yeah we, we go again villa uh we go again Ten thousand fans come on lads get the get the boys and uh, girls uh singing um at the lane and uh, we'll get another three points and i'll tell you what I tell you this now. I leave you right on this because I've, I've I've held my tongue so much. Top four is still mathematically possible. <laughs> <laughs> it is still on. You've heard it here first, people. It is mathematically still possible. Well, there'll Who be knows? those there will be those out there that think you've gone absolutely <laughs> bananas suggesting mate, a woman it, to manage Spurs, and then you go and say we can still get top four, and you top it. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, what There's I more said chance was, of Emma Hayes being our manager than there is in the top four, I'll tell you that. What what I said was is mathematically it is still possible to get top four. That is, that is all I said. We'll leave it there, crackers. That's all I said. Yes, uh, hold yeah, that thought. Come yeah. on, Tottenham. Come and on. Let me let me Villa. tell you about female bosses being the best thing, like your best ever bosses. Good evening, Mrs. Cracknell, if you're listening, uh, talking about female bosses. All right, we'll leave it there. As always. More important things than football in life, family, friends, your health, and just keeping safe and well. As long as you've got those, everything else is a poor second. So, uh, like I said, keep safe.
keep well, have a great week. Look forward to Wednesday in Villa. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.